drive almost slow enough to drive Miss Daisy. <laughs> hey, man, the transaction is done. All right, we ain't got shit, so it's over. Relax, man. We got it before. We'll get it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got it all figured out, don't you? Oh, you got to have faith, player. Let me tell you something, all right? By the time we figured out how would it be out of a job, no, scratch that. Everybody in the damn unit will be out of a job. Oh, but don't worry. <laughs> they tend to think Mike Lowry gonna be all right. <laughs> Especially since they think you some rich kid playing, cop. Look, man, I ain't got no trust fund. Okay, see, for me, no job, no check. That's like all the other guys in the unit. At least most of us. So I'm playing cop now. <laughs> you know, just a game. I'm just joking around. You always wanted to be Starsky or Hutch. <laughs> you know what, man? I'm so sick of this bullshit. What, what, I'm supposed to apologize for my family leaving me money? All I ever wanted to be was a cop. I get up early and I take it to the max every day. I'm the first guy through the door and I'm always the last guy to leave the crime scene. So you know what? Fuck you and fuck them and fuck everybody who got a problem with Mike Lowry. I love you, man. Fuck you, Marcus. I do. You know, cool. You're my partner. Shut up, shut up, man. Slow ass driving. Driving like a bitch, that's huh? why I got to be all that. Slow ass. I'll take me, you, me, and you off this fucking cliff. Keep fucking with me. Yeah. All right? Then it'll be what? Two bitches in the sea, huh? Is yeah. that it? Is that what you want? Shut up, man. My wife, no, I ain't no bitch. Yeah. I'm a bad boy. Bad boys, bad boys. What, what you, you gonna, gonna do? do? What you gonna do when they come? Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Rewind. I'm your host, Travis. And this is X. And thank you for tuning to this other episode. And uh, we have a really good one for you guys tonight. We're going to be discussing a uh, franchise that has came back with a vengeance almost, it seems like, with this uh, latest flick. We're talking about the Bad Boys franchise. Yeah, I never really thought of it as a franchise until now, but yeah. It was yeah. like two movies. Years <laughs> right, <ago. laughs> twenty years yeah. ago, it was two movies. Yeah, but now yeah. that there's a coming back third one, I guess it's a franchise now. Yeah, and uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna give our thoughts and review of Bad Boys for Life, the newest movie that just came out, and uh, and talk about you know what we liked about it, and if there's anything we didn't like about it, and where we want to see the franchise go, if it's gonna go at all. Uh, we'll get to that, uh, but first. Before we get into the newest movie, we're going to rewind back, if you will, to the uh, the start of this to the nineties, mid nineties. Oh, great time to be alive! Right, <laughs> good year for movies. Uh, what was it? Get Shorty came out that year. Good movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, nineteen ninety five was the uh, the year that Bad Boys came out. Do you just want to get kind of like right into it? Um, yeah, well, I the thing about Bad Boys, if if you ever if you listen to this show at all, I'm sure it's come up before. The 
I love bad boys. Travis loves bad boys. We were in high school. We were 15 years old. It's a really impressionable age mm-hmm. for a young man. Uh, I only speak for myself, but you know, I was still learning like what was cool, and you know, I was taking <laughs> fashion risks. <laughs> and there's a couple outfits that Martin Lawrence wears in Bad Boys, and I'm like, hey, I got a shirt like that that could match the the other shirt he's, you know, sort of a thing. And I put an ensemble similar to. A couple of them. Because <laughs> Martin Lawrence was really skinny at the time. And yeah. I was skinny too. But like here he is propped up as like an action star. So he looks kind of cool. And he's kicking ass. So I'm like, hey, look at that skinny guy kicking ass. <laughs> if I wear a shirt like that, I'll kick ass too, I guess. <laughs> to be fair, in the 90s, I think everybody had the the, the, sh- the short sleeve button down shirt with the white, like the, like the white stripe going down the front yeah yeah that was I very popular one, yeah that yeah. was like the look and i was like hey i have a wife beater i have that thing i have a gold chain <laughs> i'll just wear that <laughs> that was one of the outfits yes where he where he comes out oh baby you know and his <laughs> wife walks in yeah that outfit <laughs> and the other one is is the beige or not beige brownish shirt with the long sleeve when uh, julie's in the bed like don't you feel funny oh yeah, yeah. that combo yeah yeah Shit, i still have those shirts they're hanging in my closet <laughs> right now both of them i only wear them together because at the time i was 15 i was wearing really baggy clothing that was the look now that i'm an adult they fit perfect <laughs> so yeah so i still wear them 20 you were thinking later. long term you just didn't know it right yeah fucking 25 years later i still have they're a uh, massimo <laughs> yeah, yeah <possibly>. <laughs> to <laughs> give you an idea of the okay okay kids go on google and search massimo yeah or <laughs> or, or cross colors <laughs> let me know if that's still a thing so we got a lot of old school love for this movie oh uh, yeah yeah this is michael bay's first movie this movie gave us michael bay up till this po- up till this point he had only been a, a, a commercial and video director and you can really see right. that in this film. Even today, you know, he, he's good at picking those cool sweeping angles to give the film energy and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Visually, he's, you know, he's, he's a good director. He has he makes, his moments. I'll give him yeah, that. <laughs> he makes a movie look good. But whether the movie, you know, has a good plot or good writing or characters, you know, that's kind of out of his hands. He's like, I'm just here to come up with some badass explosions and, and cast some hot chicks, probably fuck them, and make these <laughs> do that rotating shot where the heroes stand up. I need that in all my movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I know we talked about it before, but maybe one day. I know we, we've talked about a lot about Michael Bay movies, but I don't think we've ever done a Michael Bay episode. Maybe we'll, at some point, Yeah. down the well, road. You talked about every Transformers, and that's like half his resume. Yeah, no, sh- no shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'll, t- um, I'll, give, I'll give him this much. He, he knows how to market to the, I guess, the, the most broadest of audiences because he knows the broad, broadest audiences loves explosions love hot chicks mm-hmm. you know and that's the, essentially you know, so, what a michael bay movie you know yeah, what you, you so. know what you're getting when you go see a michael bay movie yeah really okay. to this point that he's gotten so over the edge did you see 600 ground no that movie was insane it was so it was really bad i won't get into it but it was like you strip away any substance style over substance which is kind of always what he's been about yeah this is that to the nth degree Oh really? Yeah, it's I think just you told style. me you, you told me something about it, and I was like, I think you basically told me flat out, just don't watch it. It was a t- no, you would I was watching it. I was at my friend's house, and he just put it on. I didn't even know it was a Michael Bay movie. So yeah. I'm watching this insane movie, and I'm thinking, this isn't real, right? Wait, is this <laughs> tongue in cheek? Is this a spoof of action movies? I literally <laughs> thought it was it was that. 
I wow. thought, like, this is too extreme. This is, has to be tongue-in-cheek. You're not serious, right? And then I Googled this movie, and I'm like, Michael Bit No, that explains it. He's not creative enough to do something <laughs> like yeah. that. Well, we're we're not going to spend too much time talking about Michael Bay, but uh, we're, we're we're talking about bad boys. Yeah, episode, keep getting so. off track. <laughs> the movie itself. Uh, basically, it's buddy cop, two detectives. They basically, in a nutshell, they're just, they need to protect a witness to a murderer while investigating the case of stolen heroin from the evidence storage room from the uh, police uh, police precinct. Their yeah. career their career busts, right? Career, career bust. bust. Checky Cario yeah. steals it. Who is this? It also introduced kind of the world to him. Uh, he's a French actor, but we've seen How do you pronounce him. his name? I've always called him Checky Cario, but I've never actually heard it pronounced. Yeah, I was thinking Checky. Yeah, just the T is silent, I guess, but uh Checky. anyway. The T is silent. <laughs> Chucky! Chucky! <laughs> uh, no, I, I, he's, he's an actor I always enjoy, even if he's in shitty movies. I always enjoy him. Like, The Patriot, or Wing Commander, or whatever. I, I'm always like, but I still like him, though. The Core. Oh, God, I fucking... Now, I love The Core, because it's so shitty, but Chucky's in it, and he's great. <laughs> I gotta say, I think this is the only movie I've seen him in. For real? No. Sure. You, haven't seen, you haven't seen any of those movies I just said? Maybe. Addicted to I'll Love... Th- uh well this ain't the checky cario hour yeah who else yeah. is uh <laughs> and we got as as the captain who yells which is a hallmark of all these buddy cop movies every every they all need the captain that yells this one is joey pants joe yeah. pantliano graduated from being the snitch in a buddy cop movie in the 80s running scared to play in the captain in a buddy cop movie only shit like what eight years later <laughs> yeah something like that yeah, he moved yeah. up pretty fast. Wearing a, a wig. I'm pretty sure that's a wig. You think? Mm. Dude, he's bald. No. I've seen him <laughs> bald in other movies. I just... I don't, I don't, I don't put two and two together like that. I think he wears uh, a wig a lot. Oh, like yeah. Matrix? I think uh, he yeah. shaved it in Matrix because he's so cool in that movie. <laughs> Ignorance is blood. He is cool in Matrix. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah. Why didn't I take the blue pill? But yeah, Joey Pants is really fun in this movie, too. Yeah, well, I mean, any any buddy cop that you had in the eighties and nineties with the the loud screaming captain, that captain's always pretty funny. I mean, but this guy, yeah, he's. If, but to round out the cast, oh, was tail was a nineteen ninety five Taylioni <laughs> with black hair and red lips and those blue dude. She was so. Oh, like, did I mention I was fifteen when I <laughs> when I, I watched this movie all the time? Oh, she was so hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was. Uh, even going back and watching this again, is I was like, damn, yeah, she was pretty. No, high. she was like my go-to. Like if you told fifteen-year-old me a genie could, you know, give you, <laughs> eh, I would be like, Taylor, I'll build a woman for you, weird science style. I'd have been like, Taylor, and bad boys. Mm. <laughs> what happened to her? Bef- this, this was before Jennifer Love Hewitt like knocked her out of the running. And then she was my thing for a little while in the high school. Nobody cared. What happened to Taylor? She mm. was doing that show, Madam Secretary, for a while. It was on for a while. Uh, She's always blonde in everything I've seen her in. This is the only time I've ever seen her with black hair. She should go back to that. Because <laughs> I liked that a lot. It was pretty hot. Yeah. When I heard Dave Duchovny had to go to therapy for sex addiction, I was like, well, duh, he's married to Tay Leone. <laughs> mm. um, of course, the, the the stars of the movie, uh, Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, uh, both coming Yeah, those guys. Her. Yeah, both coming off their TV shows at the time. Uh, they were still doing the shows after the movie. Yeah. I mean, this was like on their hiatus. 
Yeah. This yeah, was sort too. of like a big, like they had both d- done, you know, been in a movie here or there. You know, I remember I first saw Martin Lawrence at House Party <laughs> way back in the day. But this was, yeah, a big uh, breaking out for both of them. Yeah. You know, this was produced by uh, Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson. One of the last ones Don Simpson did before he died. And, you know, I guess these two dudes figured, hey, the last time we did a a, 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 a cop movie with a black comedian, it turned out to be Beverly Hills Cop. So why don't we try this again and maybe we can recreate that? Because this script was really old and it was going around from, like, all sorts of people yeah. were, were supposed to be in this movie. At one point, Dana Carvey and, like, John Lovitz were going to be in it. I was just going to tell you, yeah, the it was it was called Bulletproof Hearts. Uh, well, that sucks. Yeah, Dana, yeah, Dana Carvey, John, John Lovitz, uh, only because they were so popular at the time. So you know this is going back a few years before. Yeah, probably the, like 1990-ish when they were both yeah. on SNL. Yeah. Um, but uh, they met with Don Simpson in Vegas at one point, and Carvey just didn't like Simpson, so he withdrew the project altogether. Um, which caused them to lose the rights, and it went back. It went from Disney to Columbia. Well, so D- Don Simpson, uh, R.I.P. was a was an eighties go go, exa- you know, fucking cocaine and party and all that kind of. Yeah, he was he was rowdy like that. I so when they were in Vegas, <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure some shit was going down, and yeah, um, he's like doing coke. I produced Top Gun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was Don Simpson. <laughs> You can picture Danny Carvey in front of him, just like doing that little thing <laughs> that he does. <laughs> well, isn't that special? Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so that that failed, right? So um, after that, other actors known for the you know originally intended for the lead, uh, Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes. Who would have been who there? I don't. I was thinking about that. Would Eddie Murphy <laughs> been Mar- uh, Marcus and Wesley Snipes been? I think I think because Eddie Murphy's clearly the funnier of the two, and Martin Lawrence is clearly the funnier yeah. of the two. That's how I would go. Yeah. Uh, not to say Eddie couldn't pull off a pretty good mic as a smooth guy, but it wouldn't make sense. Like, yeah, you're playing against the type. I think. Yeah, but we're assuming that you know the characters were are as written when really Michael Bay hated the script, so he basically told these two guys improv a lot of your lines. Yeah. Which is why Martin Lawrence is so much funnier because he's an actual comedian. Will Smith. He's a funny guy, but he's not a comedy writer, right? The way Martin is. So, um, also the role of Mike Lowry was uh, at one point meant for Arsenio Hall. Wait, wait, how do you pronounce Mike Lowry's name? Is it Lowry? I didn't. All these years, I never knew that. I don't think they ever said his full name <laughs> once in this entire movie. Mike yeah. Lowry? Huh? Okay. Yeah. If you say so. <laughs> Mike Lowry. Oh gosh. <laughs> That might be him. Yeah. Lowry's desk. I need to talk to Detective Mike Lowry. This is Captain Howard. Can I help you? You can get me, Detective Lowry. Look, this is not a, another paternity case, is it? No, it's another murder case, you twerp. You're not talking about the murder case at the Biltmore Hotel tonight, are you? Listen, I've just seen my best friend get murdered. And I'll only talk to Mike Lowry. Why only Mike Lowry? I have a detective here. None of your fucking business, all right? Either I talk to Lowry or I'm going to blow town. Mike! Mike, phone! Telephone, Mike! He's coming. He's coming right now. Hold on, please. Hold on. Talk to her. Cam, I ain't got time for these games. Talk to her. This is the the witness, the girl at the hotel. Yeah, Harry, he just got out of the john. Hold on. Talk to her now. If you don't talk to her now, she's going to walk. Captain, I can't be no Mike, man. Just talk to her now. She's going to walk out. This is our witness. Calm down. 
Hello? It's my Larry. He doesn't talk that way. Talk like him, like him. Try to talk sexy. Come on, come on. You don't come sound on. sexy enough. Yeah. I'm dead. Every time they say Mike Lowry, do a shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so our studio hall at one point was <laughs> dead. Was meant for Mike Lowry. Um, I could I can't picture Arsenio doing that. Uh, yeah, was this? I don't. Yeah, I, I can't picture him either. Yeah, but this was until my, he was set for uh, the role of Mike Lowry until Michael Bay caught an episode of Fresh Prince and, and saw Will Smith. And this is like I want him instead. So <laughs> get uh, me, the, get me the guy from Fresh Prince, and then they bring in Alfonso Rivero. <laughs> like, Not that one, the other one. <laughs> Damn it, he'll do fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they stole our heroin. It's not unusual to be loved. Okay, that would have been a totally different movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Martin, uh, Mar- uh, Martin Lawrence could have been the tall one. <laughs> Uh, Martin Lawrence at one point said that Lawrence Fishburne turned down the role of Mike Lowry. So I, I can't, well, maybe Lawrence, 1995, Lawrence Fishburne. Mm, I don't know. So, uh, so this is like deep cover Lawrence Fishburne. No, this is more like higher learning Lawrence Fishburne. Mm, okay. That was 95. Could you picture him as, as Mike Lowry? Not, not, not that I'm thinking of him from higher learning. No. <laughs> <laughs> Where is the heroin? That uh, okay. he was some sort of weird foreign guy in that movie. Yeah, uh, but uh, I don't know. I just thought those uh, those were interesting tidbits about how the casting in the, the movie itself had just shifted. You know, from this weird, I guess it'd be a comedy thing with with Dana Carvey and uh, John Lovitz to switching over, going to Columbia, and now we some of the other actors that went to. Can you? I mean, Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes. That would have been. Something I mean, it seems like itself. back in the '80s, buddy cops, even early '90s, were they were you would get funny people because it was more about the comedy. You know, you think of like Dragnet, Tom Hanks, and Danny Aykroyd, yeah. or or Real Men with John Ritter and, and Jim Belushi. You know, these are all just funny guys. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, yeah, let's just get funny people and do a buddy cop movie. It wasn't about doing serious action, and this kind of blended the two of them. Like, no, the action is going to be legit action movie level, but the comedy is going to be legit comedy level make it uh, make it earnest you know make it like it's yeah yeah they're not not a parody or anything of a movie yeah because like the quote-unquote action in dragnet eh, it's not (laughs) an action movie you know but it's funny as hell all right so let's get into it what are um as far as the movie itself goes we're not going to break down scene by scene we're just going to touch on some of the talking points of this movie and what we liked, what we didn't like. So do you want to start us off on this one? Yeah. Do you know what? This movie, like I said, introduced Will Smith. I always thought Michael Lowry was kind of an asshole. And when I just rewatched all these, I confirmed it. You know what? That dude's kind of an asshole. I'll, um, I'll agree more for the, when we get to part two <laughs> than this one. Uh, Maybe not an asshole, but like, I don't know. I, I didn't find Will Smith funny at the, at the time. Probably, yeah. I mean, maybe because I just seen him in Fresh Prince where he's funny. And in this, he was playing it more like, I'm a leading man, sexy. 
and he didn't want to be as goofy as he was on Fresh Prince. Yeah. Whereas Martin was just being Martin. So I was like, hey, he seemed a little off to me. And, and every time he was trying to be fun, like, I think you mean to say, get our asses down there, please, Captain. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> if you were in a room and, and you saw somebody speak on the phone like that, you'd be like, fuck that guy. <laughs> Your boss is saying, we've just lost all the heroin in the precinct. And you're like, a please would be nice, you know. <laughs> Little things like that got under my skin. And it sounds like, wow, you must suck to be you with shit like this bugs you. <laughs> but it kind of did a little bit. Um, one of the first things I want to I talk about is one of the first things that you get hit with in this movie is the opening theme. music uh mm. the, the score <laughs> yeah i'm sorry maybe you want to actually play it <laughs> mark no, mancino yeah because i'm like uh, fucking michael winslow over here <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah that is that is sort of became synonymous with them in the last movie like it became like the lethal weapon yeah like you can hear the theme, but it's all done slowly. Like, like it's yeah. it's become their their. Yeah, it was, I, I was actually kind of glad to hear it in the new movie, uh, but it all started here in this one, and uh, we get from the uh, the opening theme to the opening scene in the movie, where it's a nice little introduction to these characters. Driving in his uh, Porsche. That's so, a fun little scene. Teeny it is a funny. Yeah. <laughs> Tim <laughs> Coates shows up. Shows up as the carjacker. Uh, what's funny is like they filmed this scene like way after the movie was right. done filming. They they were like, we need a, a punchier introduction for these characters. And uh, so that's when you think of it as an afterthought. These guys just did a whole movie together. Mm-hmm. So their little back and forth is after they've you know sort of done this whole film. So. It is kind of clever when you think about it, because by then there's already all this built-in chemistry in that scene. So when we see them for the first time, we can really feel the chemistry between these two guys. Yeah. So and I don't it, think it, it was works. done intentionally, but it, it, they should probably do that more often. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that does happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's the reason why. You know, just to, you want to get that first scene to just like really pop and and say, okay, I want to watch the rest of this movie. You know, and yeah. uh, shit that worked for me. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny you said who was almost cast because Martin even goes like Wesley Snipes, Passage of Fifty Seven. Like, oh wow. shit, that's right. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, but he but he wasted his soul soda though, so that sucked. And also, Mike's like, get that French fry out my car. Like, dude, come on, this guy's. Ugh, I couldn't be friends with Mike Lowry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, can't even have a fucking French fry in his car. <laughs> it's a hundred five thousand dollar vehicle. What do you expect? <laughs> With no cup holders. We'll get some fucking cup holders in. Yeah. <laughs> where, 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 where's your cup holders? I don't have one. You mean you don't have one? $80,000 for this car and you ain't got no damn cup holder? It's $105,000 and this happens to be one of the fastest production cars on the planet. Zero to 16 four seconds, sweetie. This is a limited edition. You damn right it's limited. No cup holder, no back seat. Just a shiny dick with two chairs in it. I guess we the balls just dragging the fuck along. Ugh. Or you get those shitty ones you can hang from the windowsill. They sell them at Walgreens, motherfucker. I will say, this movie does for sepia tone what Wizard of Oz does for color. 
there's sepia all all around. <laughs> Like it's a very yeah, orange. You know, it's a very like, orange movie. <laughs> no, you're right. He likes to to light things like that. Like you think about that scene of the gym where he goes to see Max. Mm-hmm. The way it's lit like that, very bad lighting. Like I would hate to attend a gym with lighting like that. But it looks cool. You know, it looks like the bathroom from The Rock, where, where Nick Cage goes to throw up, and mm. it's lit with that same sepia tone. And you, even in this first movie, you start to see Michael Bay trademarks. Yeah. These are probably trademarks he had as a career already doing music videos and shit like that because he has that visual style. And he's like, I'm just going to translate it to my movies. You yeah. can already tell. Um, and yeah, we're going to... In this movie, if, if you're watching back, and if you already know Michael Bay's... You know his filmography. You know how he directs. His trademarks, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can start to see... I mean, this is his first, uh, his first movie he's directed. So you can start to see... In smaller bits, like his some of his trademarks, and that's that's yeah. one of them. Is that that that? Yeah, I, I mentioned it earlier. That 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 rotating camera shot that does mm-hmm. one eighty over the character who's like standing up. Yeah, he does it in part two. He did it in the Rock. You know, it, I've seen that shot a lot. We get uh, another one of his trademarks early on during the opening credits when we see the bad guys. Uh, they they have a decoy and he shoots the decoy, or whatever. And you hear the pol- he calls it into the police dispatch, and you hear the dispatch on the radio. And that's a thing that if you know, it's like a lot of Michael Bay movies, he likes to do like, uh, like dispatch and military and things. Yeah. Muffled, oh, okay, yeah. He's yeah. got such a fucking hard on for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I guess it makes him feel like it's real or something. I don't know. But he likes, yeah, he likes to do <laughs> well, that. I mean, it does inject a, a bit of urgency, like, you know, yeah. and it does move the plot really fast. Like, Oh, they call nine one one. Just give us a little bit of nine one one voiceover while we're seeing cars racing. And bam, we, we know what's happening. Point A to point B. It's yeah. efficient. He's a he's a visually efficient storyteller, you know. He's just a couple quick scenes, a shot of a guy handing a lab folder to another guy at a NASA station, and we're like, okay, they did the research. We know the asteroid's coming because they handed a folder over. That's a good point, but I bet you that goes back to his music video days when he only had like three or four minutes to tell a story, and he had to, yeah, you know, maybe there's something to it. You know, a lot of great directors came from music videos, like David Fincher. And a lot of other directors came from music videos too, like Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the first part of this movie, we we are introduced to everybody. We're introduced to we see you know Marcus is a family man, uh, and Mike is Uncle Mike. You know they're they're yeah. they're friends for life, pretty much. And, uh, they all know each other, and they would you say they're bad boys for life? Uh, not yet. Yeah. Not for another twenty five years. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit tight. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, Teresa Randall, who was so this is the nineties, so she was still getting cast just as to play the an attractive opposite, mm-hmm. a, a black male lead. That was like kind of her career in the nineties. Beverly Hills Cop three and well, uh, Spawn, and mm-hmm. <laughs> she was just in a lot of movies, but she had no character. She just sort of there be a the wife of the girl. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I mean, she's fine. I I don't have any problem with her. So, oh yeah, there's also like competing buddy cops, sort of like in a in Running Scared, where there's like two other competing buddy cops, uh, or Point Break even. Wow, you know that's a thing too. Beverly Hills Cop, right? Also, uh, well, no, not really. I mean, in the sense that, well, there's Sanchez and 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 you know what they keep calling Ruiz. Mm -hmm. His fucking name's Ruiz. I don't know why everybody in the movie Sanchez Ruiz, you're late, you know. Can I tell you? Names, can I tell you why? It, why? White people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot pronounce. 
You're, you're in Miami, fucking Florida. You'll know where Ruiz is. It'll take me a month to explain it. Oh, <laughs> Maybe Cubans pronounce it different. I don't know. No, you're probably right. I'm, I'm assuming he's Cuban because, you know, they're in Miami. Hey, do you think Will Smith fucking made that song Miami because he was in Bad Boys? Uh, hmm. Sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what else his connection to Miami would be other than he visited once I mean, and he had really Yeah, he wrote a whole fucking song. Well, but he yeah. made a movie there too, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Mm. Uh, we meet JoJo. Uh, but he don't know nothing. Oh, Jojo. Yeah, he don't know nothing. He's he's in the rubber business now. So. <laughs> Jojo don't know nothing. <laughs> uh, he he knows tires. Uh, <laughs> Jojo's good. I, I, like, that, I like Jojo. Yeah, that actor, I think, is that Michael Imperioli plays mm. Jojo? If you say uh, so. I, I'll, yeah. yeah. I he, mean, between, I mean, there's like a lot of like younger type between Jojo, Jojo the Time, man. And the the chemist, the fucking Einstein genius, uh, I forget that actor's name. Pest, uh, pe- uh, basically, all these they're all like in the, in the fucking Sopranos, and then also uh, 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 Chet the mini Mormon, the mini moron doorman. Yeah, he's also there's like so many of these like young Italian dudes who who do like these movies, but they're all in this. It's funny. Uh, Kevin Corrigan, that's his name. I couldn't think of it, but yeah, Kevin Corrigan is also in Departed uh, and Community. He's the one who played uh, Elliot. The chemist who fuck with his timetable. Mm. He was in Pineapple Express. He's he's been so much shit. I gotta say, even... uh, that that scene you're. <laughs> I know like Fouché is like supposed to be this menacing guy, but like that scene is just funny to me. Like the way he's. I'm not. I fucking... thought he was fucking. I, th- I mean, the way he says, you know, I'm not a fucking chemistry teacher because we say that line Idiot. all the time to each other. Yeah, <laughs> but in the beginning, when he's like, "Do you understand?" And he like yeah. practically headbutts him. He just like gets so in his. Pre- I thought it was a little scary in that scene. And then he then he does the line that we've been quoting for twenty years, so it deflates <laughs> it when we go back and watch it. But uh, yeah. the fucking chemistry teacher. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you fuck with my timetable. No, he's uh, Fouché is all right uh, for a villain. Yeah, for a stereotypical villain, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about this whole subplot of the movie where like internal affairs is trying to like pin something on the cops and it's this whole battle with IA that no way it's not really it is a subplot, but it goes fucking nowhere. Right? <laughs> just, like it just goes nowhere. And then when you watch it now, as soon as they're like, you know, find out who did this or, or this is a shit no, this is fucked up. You got that right, detective. And then Marge Hellberg or whatever comes in. It's like, oh, we all, you all know Captain Sinclair. Let me just stop and introduce the audience and give her a name. Right. Internal affairs, who she is. Like, she's going to be important to the plot. But she's and not. then she shows up like a scene later and yells for like 10 seconds and leaves. And then she's like out of the movie. It's a real... I, it goes nowhere. Um, JoJo goes nowhere. I think that the, the point of, of having her involved in internal affairs and all that shit is to... to put that sense of urgency on the time frame that they have right because she's like threatening to shut them down as soon as she can and so but gotta... i mean like julie already said the deal goes down in four days like we have a timeline they have a timeline the deal goes down in four days so you got four days like from the beginning joey pants tells them their deadline so it's like we don't need one yeah you're right man that script sucks i mean i think maybe i mean maybe she had a, an, an, a scene where she comes in and yells at, at, at joey pants and then they fuck on the dead but they cut it but it like they could have literally cut her out entirely and it wouldn't matter yeah and i and i know that's weak shit to complain about but that's that's what i do i complain about movies and i love this one 
<laughs> so that's why I'm complaining about weak shit. Because <laughs> that's all you got. I mean, that's all you can. I mean, actually, I got one more. <laughs> Something that's bugged the fuck out of me for years, actually. All right. Uh, so Julie IDs. One of the thugs, the guy looks like a really buff, mean Jack Nicholson, uh, Noah, who works at Club Hell. So they go to Club Hell to bust his fool Noah. Right. Martin Lawrence goes to take a piss. One of the other little underlings tries to kill him, mm-hmm. but fails. Yeah. Martin knocks the both of them out, just walks away, goes, I'll be back. Why don't you just arrest this fucker who tried to kill you? Take him in. Mm. <laughs> He's part of the... But instead, they leave. And then they end up getting chased. <laughs> and they even comment, now, we're, now he's chasing us. Why did you even leave? You just had a dude who... You got him on attempted murder of a police. You could sweat him down. He's got... He got that's life in prison. You could get him to talk. Why did see, Martin leave that scene? See, that's why you're brilliant and I'm a dumbass. I'm just, I'm just watching it for no, the movie. I, I, I mean, this is what I think about. And you know, Martin did all the work on this case. Or Marcus. I keep saying Martin, but Marcus. <laughs> what did Mike Lowry actually contribute? Well, Marcus is shooting bad guys and securing a witness... Mike Lowry is just getting his head bashed in, doesn't even know who did it. <laughs> Marcus is, you know, he's the one who's, you know, Mar- Mike's like, I, you know, I got it. It's going to take me a few days to get Fletcher out of jail. Marcus is the guy who got the hacker fucking dude out who did everything. Marcus drove the car at the end and all that kind of stuff. Well, God, so, yeah, yeah, he did do a lot of stuff. What did Mike even do for this case? <laughs> and then Mike has the fucking nerve to be like, can you please do some detective work today? Just once. I'm like, mm. fuck you, what have you done for this case? <laughs> Other oh. than fucking hit on his wife. <laughs> okay, so that's that's another big plot point of this movie was Julie, the, the witness, she's only trust Mike because Max told her that's only going him, right? Yeah. And um, so she calls up and Mike's not there because he's too busy getting his ass kicked. So, <laughs> so yeah. Cap, in a very funny line, in a, in a very funny scene, like uh, Captain, he's, he's trying to say, uh, Mike, Mike, and Marcus yeah, is up. Marcus he's on his way. He's, he's getting out the job. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be Mike, man. You gotta be him. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be no Mike, man. The two, them two together, they should have shared more scenes together because them two together are really funny. Like, yeah, they both they're both loud and they talk a lot and they're big yeah. they're big personalities and little guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, again, once they introduce Mike, why did they just be like? I know this is for the comedy, but be like, this is Mike Lowry. You were freaking out about only meeting him, but yeah. hey, I fucking saved your life last night, so you know I'm cool. Here's Mike. There's yeah. his fucking driver's license, so you know he's cool. Yeah. Bam. Squash this. That's, that's <laughs> one of my notes that I have on here. It was, for reasons unknown to anybody. <laughs> yeah, but they decide to keep this charade up until they run it into the ground. Yeah. Until his wife walks in and, and you know. At the, and what is Teresa, when she shows up, what is she literally thinking? That Mike and Marcus are just running a train on some white girl in his apartment? Is that what she really thinks her husband's doing? Uh, I guess we didn't really get as we didn't really get a sense other than she was pissed off. I mean, she tells like you're no longer welcome to my house and then all this shit. And then Julie leaves. <laughs> How'd she say? What'd she say? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're lo- you're no longer welcome to my house. And then Julie leaves because let me tell you something. If his wife can find us, I'm a lot better off on my. What the fuck does that mean? Like she knows Mike Lowry. They probably spend Christmases together. Of course, she can find him at yeah. Mike's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> What does that even mean? And how did Teresa... Mike, Kojak, whatever your name yeah. is. <laughs> and how did Teresa get past Chet? Because she knows him. She's she's probably been there, like you said. So, Nah, she's never been there. Mike comes to her house. Mike wouldn't want all the kids running around his, his apartment. No, because Chet knew that he's, you know, 
how's the wife? How's the kids? Like, he, I mean, he's probably doesn't mean he knows Teresa personally. Nah, I suppose so. We're talking way too much about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, but uh, bef- you know, before we uh, move past too far from this movie, we got to talk about the convenience store scene. I mean, come on, man, that was probably one of the the funnier scenes. Uh, it's just so weird. Like after this big shootout, Julie says, "Hey, I need shampoo." Okay, <laughs> let's take you to a liquor store. To yeah. get shampoo, like what? Are we- they were in there just to get shampoo, which is, is so weird. And then she's all like, it, like she's all complaining about how they don't have a great selection of shampoo. We're well, in a fucking liquor store. What do you think they're gonna have? Like the the best shit? I'm surprised they had shampoo in the first place. To be honest, it was. I mean, but- it was a flimsy pretext for the scene with the the mother bitch guy. I don't know that actor's name, but he's been in so much shit. That same uh, year, he was Sean, Broken Arrow. Uh, Sean Tobb, uh, he was in era Iron Man. He was uh, in Iron. Yeah. yeah, he's Jensen. Yeah, Jensen, the guy yeah. who helped, guy who helped Tony make the suit. That was the mother bitches guy. He's the guy who made Tony's first. Well, it wasn't an arc reactor. He had a car battery. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he, he's he's that fucking dude. <laughs> so anyway, uh, overall, this movie, for what you said earlier, it's it was we were teenagers. It was you know. Uh, very memorable for that mo- for that reason. It's a very quotable movie, which is, makes it even better. Any, I think you said this before in a past episode where it's like it's if it's quotable. I mean, it's a good quotable movie is a good movie because you can go back and it's you know yeah, it it kind of lives in your head and never goes away. It's always there, ready to pull it out when you need it. <laughs> yeah, you more than anybody else I know. I mean, I I try it, but I fuck it up all the time. <laughs> um, but for me, um, this is a. Uh, just an essential '90s action flick uh, that, if you don't have it, I think you should own it. I mean, I think it's uh, it's a great flick. It's fun. It's got action, and yeah, you should own it if you don't have it already. <laughs> yeah, it's got lots of action and, of course, comedy. Uh, yeah, I got nothing but love. I got a lot of love for this movie because it came out at a time where I was also learning to love to love movies as well. Uh, I, I would you know bike to the movie theater to see Bad Boys. I probably bought a ticket for something else because it was rated R, and I was only fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I you know I do remember it. All of a sudden, I had to sneak into this because I would cut the movie times out of the paper and keep it in my pocket, and I'd buy a ticket for something. Right, and I'd use those little Christmas tree lights they have on the floor, and I'd read, and I'd be like, okay, Bad Boys is starting at like four fifty, and it's four twenty. And so if I sneak out, you know, it was a whole to do to see a movie. In the nineties, now some kid will just fucking download it. <laughs> These kids nowadays. You know, we had, what we had to go through to see movies. <laughs> yeah. Hey, jeez. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, I, I like to do the numbers on these things, so I will say uh, this one did have a production budget of nineteen million. So in nineteen ninety five, yeah. Even then, though, that's yeah. pretty cheap. Yeah. So ninety five. Wow, nineteen well, for Michael Bay. Movie. <laughs> And uh, this kind of makes sense because uh, the the final sequence uh, in the airport, all the explosion and stuff, the studio didn't pay for that. Michael Bay paid for that out of pocket. Yeah, like so, twenty five large. I heard twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, so uh, nineteen million for the production budget. Opening weekend came in about fifteen mil. Well, they got my four dollars. <laughs> Saw it a Saturday night. <laughs> um, U.S. gross came in at sixty five mil. Uh, international was seventy five. Worldwide came in at one hundred forty one point four million dollars. I mean, that's respectable so. for a movie that low budget and for nineteen ninety five. Yeah, yeah. Lastly, on this one, uh, IMDb has it rated six point nine out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics have it forty. <laughs> yeah, it does. 
69. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, critics have it at 43%. Audience score, 78%. So, there you go. That's your Bad Boys, 1995. And that was it. That was it for the... This. It was a almost like a one and done, you know, it's... It's we're going on five six years nothing, you know turn of the century about eight years actually yeah and then we get to two thousand three. Will Smith is taking over the world. Martin's career. Uh, went in a different route, you know. He, he had success in yeah. his own right, but they were smaller movies, you know. Not nothing compared to Independence Day or Men in Black. No, no. but he had like a big Mama's House maybe under his belt at that point. I don't know. Blue Streak. Yeah, Blue Streak for sure. Uh, that was ninety nine. What's that one with Tim Robbins? The one he did with Tim Robbins. Uh, uh, you know, he was he, he yeah. was working steadily, but they were smaller comedy movies. Yeah, I think Big Mama's House was would be his next. Claim to fame, I, I would think. That was a pretty big yeah. movie. No That's his fucking Medea. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, <laughs> all right. So we get to 2003. So we're talking like eight years after this first movie. So in oh, Black Knight. I'm sorry. I just I, it was like 2001, maybe 2002. I saw Black Knight on a plane. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see Black Knight where he goes like medieval times? I believe so. Yeah, very, <laughs> not very memorable, but uh, yeah, I, it was it was probably 2002. I think I saw it on a plane. So yeah. So now we're into 2003, eight years later. Uh, man, even for this, t- I mean, back then, like thinking, geez, eight years—that's a long time frame for, between movies. Uh, but that's gonna be blown out of the water here uh, between these next yeah. movies. But. Uh, so again, this one's directed by uh, Michael Bay. He came back to direct it again. Also, obviously, starring Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. This one has a uh, a story. The story is by uh, Marion and Cormac Wimberly, who did uh, Six Day, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, not the first one. I Spy, National Treasure. Uh, the screenplay was done by Ron Shelton, who did uh, Bull Durham, Tin Cup, White Men Can't Jump, Great White Hype, Hollywood Homicide, among others. So um, the thing about this one is. In an interview later on, back in uh, 2013, uh, the uh, screenwriter Ron Shelton confessed that uh, when he was asked by Jerry Brockheimer to work on the script, he had not seen Bad Boys and quickly fast-forwarded through a blockbuster rental of the film before his interview. He also stated to this day he has never seen Bad Boys 2. So, knowing that... <laughs> about the- Do you think he's lesser for that? Do you like Bad Boys 2? I don't even know. We never talk about Bad Boys 2. There's we a reason. About bad boys. There's a reason for that. Really, I've never. It's so weird how much we both love the 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 first one, how much we bonded as kids over the first one, but we never even. I have no idea what you think about the second one. It's funny because this one, when this one came out, in 2003, we weren't really hanging out at that time. You're doing your own thing. I was doing my thing. So we, right? Because we, we yeah, didn't. yeah. I mean, yeah. No, this came out. I had I had uh, I had just joined the military. I was still fairly, you know, I I was less than a year less. Months. I was only months into my military. Uh, I was in Pensacola, and I saw it at the theater on base. Mm. I paid two dollars for it. It was a really cheap theater. Uh, and you know, yeah, I was. I was. It was a fun time in my life. It was an exciting time. And Bad Boys Two was sort of like a nice little treat. <laughs> like, wow, a sequel to much to a movie I loved in high school. Now I'm a young man, and now I now it's like Phase Two. 
Yeah. I, you know what? I enjoyed it when I saw it at the time. At the time, but, yes. Uh, but watching it again now, 2020. Um, I still enjoy it for the most part, but I see things now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think we're going to agree on that aspect. Uh, okay. So first of all, I got to say this movie, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's different from the first one. It's just... Um, just the vibe and everything. The opening credits to me, it's just so very early two thousands. It's very dated when you watch it now with the the the, the kind of the what's te- the opening again? Exactly, it's just like some techno music playing with some generic font for like the bad boys. It's it's not it's very it's not even mem- very memorable. It's just but what it, is the opening scene? Like, it's like a car check scene the, in the first one, but no, this one is the uh, the. Uh, where they're uh, undercover for the KKK, and they're we introduced to the new. Uh... Oh, oh yeah. Well, there's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's sort of like not really the opening. The opening is like all the boats and the coast guard and the drug right. smuggling, and they're tossing the pills from boat to boat. And yeah. yeah, the the bad boys themselves. It's not like the first movie where the movie starts. Let's introduce our two titular characters. Right. The movie knows we know who they are, so they spend the opening setting up the plot. And then it's like a big reveal that they're in KKK Mass. That's right. And it's it's weird because it's the yeah through the opening credits. I'm sorry, I kind of I jumped the gun on that one, but um, yeah, we see them like dump in like uh, was it the, we see the casket being dropped mm-hmm. in the water. We don't know what's really going on, but it's explained. And, right. and, and Johnny Tapia, they keep cutting him on the phone like like where are my pills at? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then Henry Rollins gets introduced before the fucking bad boys, and Henry Rollins is like, "We got a bunch of X coming in here." And he, I, you know, I, I looked at him, I was like, "Dude, I fucking believe." If I didn't know that was Henry Rollins, I'd be like, "I believe he's a fucking, fucking SWAT guy or something." He looks yeah. all badass. He's all buff with his tattoo. He's fucking Henry Rollins. <laughs> yeah, well, Henry Rollins is always kind of a, a scary, like, kind of buff dude, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah he's a scary looking dude. <laughs> so that was that was a that was well cast, I think, for for him. But it's just that just the opening sequence with the, the music played. It just uh, I don't know. It just it starts off kind of bland, and then we get into the like like we we're talking about the uh, the undercover scene where we find out that they're. Uh, they're trying to bust the the cake these cake these white nationalist people whatever uh, trying to <laughs> just say I think you can say KKK. Well, I mean, yeah, they were wearing the pointy the white hoods and burning crosses and shit. They're like old school KKK. Yeah. So, but there was this, it was supposed to be like a big drug bust, and it only came out to like a couple bags or something. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what what do you think of the opening of this one with with the whole because I thought the that scene when they came the the slow mo you know they throw the the robes off and it's just them to like you see uh you know will smith do the double guns and you know and i don't know it's very over dramatic and over the top and just this the setting itself is just over the top and just in general and we're already like so much far past i think anything in the first movie just in this opening scene i don't know i, th- I thought it was fine man uh, for, i can't believe i'm saying this i think you're reading too much into it and complaining about nothing <laughs> I'm sorry, I get told that like every day of my life. Uh, I mean, I thought it was okay. I mean, it, it is far past from the original, but this is eight years later, you know? The the mid-90s and the early 2000s were a totally different time, you know? Yeah. It's a different era. It's a generation almost. Yeah. Because things move so much faster these days. I thought it felt sort of natural to, you know, we don't need to waste the opening and, like I said, introducing these guys. We know them already. So let's instead set up a scenario so we can reveal them in a, in a dramatic way because Michael Bay likes his his shot from low slow motion sweeping shots, you know the hero shot. Yeah, I mean it's again more more and Michael Shannon's 
Michael Shannon's one of the KKK guys, and you know this is one of the early times I've ever seen him in. Uh, he's funny. I'm always happy to see Michael Shannon. Yeah. He was also in Pearl Harbor years later with also with Michael Bay. Yeah, Michael Shannon. Uh, it, you know, obviously back then watching, I didn't know who Michael Shannon was, but going back <laughs> and watching it now, later on in the movie, that's like the third act of the movie with my, when they bring him back out. That's yeah, he's he's got some funny stuff. He's violated my rights. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just weird seeing Michael Shannon in a role like that now. But. Yeah, it's funny how like like our radios aren't working. Like, get for real, get some better radios. Why didn't one of them just like poof, just shoot a fucking shot? Right? Yeah. And, and the whole for, yeah. Because <laughs> when they start the shootout, Henry Rollins goes like, "That's our cue. Let's go." Well, if you're just gonna go because of a gunshot, like our radios aren't working, oh, we're fucked. Just go. Poof. Yeah, that, that's another thing. I do. Have, you, that's another thing I have in my notes is like this. There are these this new TNT technical division that they have. It's already deemed like tactical. Yeah, useless. I mean, they don't. They fumble everything. They kind of suck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're not very good. Uh, they get replaced with ammo later. We'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, no no pills. The, the, the big drug in question, it, rather than trying to recover a whole bunch of stolen heroin, they're trying to stop a, a drug... I don't know what you'd call him. Boss. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not a cartel. Well, I mean, he's not cartel. He's Cuban. Yeah. Uh, it's Miami. His name is uh, Johnny Tapia, played by uh, Jordi Moya. Jordi Moya, I think, might be a Spanish actor who you might have seen in Blow. He was he played Diego. Del- he played Johnny Depp's buddy Diego. He meets in prison. Mm. Uh, that and I saw him in Riddick, and I never mm. really see him in almost anything else in the states. He's big in in Spanish like that. Mm, okay. I guess he came over here to the U.S. Let me try Hollywood for a while. Maybe he thought it wasn't for him. He's he fine. Left. Like. I, I- I dug him as a villain. Like he, he worked in this movie. I thought. Uh, I liked him. I thought he was funny. Yeah. yeah. Like he made me laugh. When all the rats are eating his money and he's <laughs> literally shooting them, he goes, "This is a stupid fucking problem to have, <laughs> but he's a problem." <laughs> but like the rats eat your money, the, the, it is a stupid problem to have. I thought that was that cracked me up. <laughs> all right. Uh, one another big aspect uh, aspect besides. Because uh, what what Tapia is doing is he's trying to take over the Russians. They the Russians have like these clubs and they're they're pushing X. Yeah, uh, Peter Stormare through, is yeah. the Russian. Uh, yeah, Peter Stormare. Yeah, yeah. Um, Russian space station. He played a Russian in Armageddon for Michael Bay. Why not play a Russian for Michael Bay now? <laughs> yeah, that's probably yeah. That's probably where he brought why why he brought him in. Yeah. yeah. So when I saw him in this movie, I was like, hey, he's played a Russian again. Yeah. Um, He's actually Swedish. So, besides that, another, another aspect besides we have, uh, you know, Tapia and then the Russians. Now we also have uh, Haitians involved. Uh. <laughs> yeah, this this okay. This movie has a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, a lot going on, and I I, I don't want to break it all down, but uh, another aspect of this movie. Hey, now might be a good time as any to talk about. Did you ever see that show? I don't know what it was called. Bad Girls, maybe with Jessica Alba. And Gabrielle Union. Oh, well, it was sort of like a spinoff of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna mention it later on, but yeah, this. Uh, oh, okay. This is the introduction of of uh, Marcus's. Well, Mar- Marcus's sister. What's her name? Sid. 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 Yeah, Sid. <laughs> uh, who is sort of secretly hooking up with Mike? So he, he Mike's like hooking up with his partners, brothers. You know, did I mention Mike's kind of an asshole? So, <laughs> come on, that's kind of a dick move. Dude. Yeah. You don't do that. You don't move in on your best friend's little sister. Right, yeah. Behind his back. Yeah. 
dick move, Mike. They've been partners for six Mike. years, but he's been his boy all his life. Yeah. I mean, he should, I mean, he should, yeah. And that was in the first one. Yeah. Now they've been partners for like 12 or years or more than, I don't know, <laughs> I can't do the math. Uh, eight was it? Was it 34? They've been partners for 34 years. That's almost 70 years. And he's going and banging Sid and, he, and eating, eating grouper with her behind Martin's back. That's not cool. In New York, of all places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was it New York? Yeah. I forget. Yeah. I never told you Mike went to New Whatever. Because <laughs> yeah, she's DEA now. Yeah. So, but that, that's go, go back to your, what you're saying because this is maybe you can explain this whole plot situation better than because there's a lot of moving parts in this thing. Um, oh uh, yeah, because she's uh, she's undercover with DEA trying to first she was trying to bust the Russians right is that what she's doing and then I think that was just a doorway to get to she was to, being the to mon- Johnny Tapia she was undercover as the money launderer she's, she's like a money launderer yeah. yeah and she works at the Russians and then they refer her to. Tapia, right? Because Tapia takes over the Russians, right? And then, and then he interviews her and, and brings mm-hmm. her on, and uh, so now she's working with, with Tapia. And that's later on in the movie, but um, uh, there's one like they're doing a pickup right at one point, and the the Haitians come in, and so they they're Mike and uh, Marcus. They know that they're they got a tip that they're going to be following them, right? So they follow them. Um, they don't know that Sid's there, but that's beside the point. So. They get the money, or they get yeah, it was the money, right? They get the money, and then they started taking off. Yeah, and then a big shootout ensues, followed by uh, one of the most elaborate freaking highway chase scenes. Um, it's a good chase scene, though. Yeah, I mean, it's really well done. The stunt team, yeah, it's a good chasing. Yeah, a lot of cool crashes and shit. And that's and that's one of the things about this movie. There's a lot of chase scenes. There's a lot of action scenes, and that's the. What's your issue with this? That's the strong point of this. But no, but I mean, you, well, you kept saying the scene of Sid with the rest, like as if you're like, well, what's your issue with that? Are you, are you just? Oh no, it's just part of the this overall plot that we have, you know, Haitians and Russians and Tapia and Sid and Cubans. <laughs> yeah, like all kinds of stuff going on. It's just it's a like when I was revisiting this movie, I was like, God damn, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie, right? But anyway, I will say this. You said earlier that Mike is an asshole, and this movie amplifies his assholiness to like a whole other level. I think, like, to, he's just an ass, like throughout this whole movie. To me, I mean, that's it. Sounds like that's. I mean, I saw that in the first one, but <laughs> maybe you're just finally seeing. It. Well, I think it was so like in your face in this one, like even in the um, in that chase scene, Marcus. You know, of course, he's yelling a lot, but like. Mike's like, would you shut up? So I can't, like, they're not even like joking mad at each other. It's like, he's just like yelling at Marcus for the first half of this movie, really. There's so much, anim- there's like animosity between the two in this throughout the whole movie. And I don't know. It just makes Mike's character so unlikable. It ruins, to me, it ruins their chemistry that they had in the first one. Uh, because in the first one, when they would bicker or mad at each other, it's more of a kind of a humorous bickering type of way. This one, there just seems like they're like, they just don't like each other. I don't know. That's the sense well, I, that, I think that was, pro- I mean, yeah, you're probably right because I think that was a conscious choice because Marcus is like, at, he's on his last, he's at the edge because he's, he wants to quit being with Mike, you know? Yeah. So they're, they're really showing how they're, they're, these motherfuckers not vibing right now. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? That they're just not meshing any well any, anymore. And that's why Marcus is deciding to quit. So I think that was probably a conscious effort to show that, you know, Marcus is fed up, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, so, it would it show that, yeah, he's fed up, but then Mike is just 
he just might. Yeah, he's being a dick. Um, and then also, Marcus in this movie is more of a just a comedic foil throughout this whole movie. It's, it seems like like getting shot in the ass at the front, right, and the front of the yeah, movie. Yeah, okay. and that that kind of that plays out throughout the movie that he got shot in the ass, and he gets to be on X for a scene. Yeah, it's just you didn't think I was funny. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I, well, yeah. I mean, it's a little silly, but that, there was a few times I laughed. He's like, "Look at your, look at your pupils. How am I gonna look at my pupils?" What? <laughs> and he kind of like makes his face like he's trying to look at his pupils. I thought that was funny. <laughs> well, he was like, there was parts where he was funny, but like the situation is just, I don't know. Just, yeah, the the ex just wound up in his glass, and he drinks. Oh, let's make him accidentally take X. How do you? How do we make him accidentally take? Yeah, and how did he? Accidentally get X in his system. Oh, they're in a uh, in a not a mortuary. Uh, no, it's a mortuary. Yeah. Though it's the same problem the mortuary. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and mm. uh, yeah, they're now they're searching dead bodies for the drugs and everything. And then the well, Mike like just tosses the bag that he took out of a body, and and like some pills just go loose flying. You think like if you're gonna smuggle a bunch of ecstasy inside a dead body. You'd get some saran wrap. You'd, you'd make sure that that shit was pretty secure, you know? Not just open where pills go flying around. No, it was so that only... So the guts like, and ooze can and it was seep in. Like two pills that just happened to land in a glass that he just happened to pick up. Was, that's what I'm saying. Not counting all the other ones that just went flying when he tossed the bag. Like, that's... Yeah. Like I said, the whole... Yeah. Like, when you get to, like, plot-specific things in this movie, this movie's kind of terrible. But um, I just go back. Oh, you think this movie's terrible? Uh, in that aspect, yes. I I I have fun with this movie. Martin Lawrence is still really funny in this movie. You know, like like on the radio, he's like Mike, Mike, like this this where the rats are fucking. Yeah. <laughs> like yo, he's straight up pile driving. <laughs> he's describing the rat, and Mike is like, "How does that help me do my job better?" They fuck just like us. <laughs> Oh, that is that was fucking yeah. funny. Mar- yeah, Martin Lawrence's movie is 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 great for with the lines yeah, that he he's, has, he's still... but the situations that he that he's in and this him having to deal with douchebag asshole Mike from the whole and then plus the whole scene with them in the the video store. Why would you take a video camera to the video store, electronic <laughs> store to hook up and it's all. Yeah, just go to the precinct or something. Or why would the guy do it in the store? Like, take him into that back room you went into just yeah. later, five minutes later, and watch it there. But yeah, it's all for the sake of setting up the comedy yeah. where everybody watches it. Yeah. Although he is being an asshole, you know, when Marcus is like telling him because your mother denied you a titty mm. and he, he, he fucking deconstructs his psychosis. And Mike, like, don't talk about my mother's titties. And Marnie's, Marcus is even like, I said all that shit and all you <laughs> heard was titty. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, exactly. And then when he's crying, he's like, I can't even get an erection. He was like, don't ever talk to me about that again. I'm like, I thought you're supposed to be his boy, man. No, he's they have a good friend. They have they have boundaries. This is a little ba- this, this uh, box, and we're gonna put your erection and my mommy's titties and all this. Yeah, and we're gonna throw this shit. We're gonna throw this bitch in the river, <laughs> in the ocean. You gotta be ocean. Cousteau. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I just, the way they're acting in this movie, it's just, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just me just coming around to the fact that Mike Lowry's a dick. <laughs> See, I was already used to that by the time. I was like, yeah. yep, this is just Mike being Mike. So it didn't stand out as a thing for me but it's when, like I re- he's, when I revisit it. It's like he's oblivious to the fact that he's an asshole. 
right? That's that's a sign of an asshole. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's always. That's what I'm saying, dude. Go back. Go back. Now that you realize he's an asshole, go watch part one. It'll blow your mind. Or don't ever watch it again. And always <laughs> love it. Uh, this uh, we we talked about it before, but uh, you know, this is another Michael Bay movie. Now earlier that was his directorial debut. This one, he's got some more movies under his wing now. So now we're getting. This is like full on. Like Michael Bay, we get all the trademarks. We get the again with the, the hero shot where they stand up and they get to pan around. We got the more explosions and the um, we just get more like Se- more sexy women, man. That, yeah. that scene, the rave where they're all doing the X, and all the women are in bikinis and cowboy hats and they're all licking X off each other. And it's yeah. like, dude, you can tell this guy knows music videos. He just knows how to make women look sexy and clubs dancing look sexy. Yeah, yeah. I, I do have a question and. This- this is probably nothing to it, but um, I wonder if the uh, the big that great uh, highway chasing that was in this movie. I wonder if that was his test, or uh, maybe he was inspired to make Transformers after this. After he did this, because I can see a lot of Transformers in this scene. You know, the I guess it's because the Ferrari going in and out, and there was a little bit of uh, some even some sound bits that I've maybe I've I recognize in Transformers but I don't know it just hmm. um it's just weird that Are you sure you're not thinking of the island because <laughs> there's there's literal footage of this car chase seed in the yeah, island yeah, yeah maybe I think I've seen island I like, think I think that's what it is I think I've only seen bits and pieces of the island to be honest it's kind of a blind spot there's, for there's me. a car chase seed where where you McGregor and Scar Johansson are on a truck that's like a like an eighteen wheeler that's hauling basically giant barbells, what they look like, and they cut them and they're and they're flying at the cars and the cars are crashing and it's sort of the same scene. And a lot of like the crashes and shit like that, like he literally reused that footage for a separate movie. Yeah, I think we talked about or that maybe, before about Michael Bay reusing footage. Or it was Transformers. He used island footage for Transformers. Something or other. Yeah. He reuses his yeah. own footage. It's a thing. You can Google it. Michael Bay yeah. reused footage. And yeah, there's a thing. It's a thing. Like people like compare all the shots um, yeah. that he does. But anyway, I don't know. Maybe that was just me. But uh, I could just see this being like a, maybe like a test, like a test footage thing for Transformers. But anyway, uh, this movie is just, for me, it's just kind of over the top to make it too enjoyable especially not enjoyable as the first one but um Uh. it's not as quotable either like marcus has got some good lines but uh i don't know yeah um yeah i I still enjoy this movie like i said i saw it at at a fun time in my life too like i remember walking out the theater and being like that was fun and being in a good mood and (laughs) now let me because i'm just never in a good mood these days well i don't get me wrong. When the movie came out, I didn't have a problem with it. Eh, I liked it. It was fine. But like going back and revisiting it, I don't think it just holds up as well to, for me that the first one does, which is weird because the first one's older. <laughs> so you think this would, yeah. would hold up a little bit better for me? But um, hmm. uh, if you well, if you're yeah. if you're an action junkie movie, you know, then this is a good movie. You know, it's got lots of chase yeah. scenes, a lot of explosions. Uh, so it's good in that aspect. But for a continuation of the franchise for Bad Boys, I just not the best, I don't think. Hmm. Well, I also have an issue with this movie. It's a little different from that. Uh, <laughs> first off, this movie's fucking long. Yeah, it is. It's like two and a half hours. Yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a slog or anything like that. It's like I said, it's it's loaded with action and comedy. But like at about, I'm guessing like maybe two hour mark, maybe or one fifty. I don't know what. 
the movie could have ended where they storm Johnny's house and, and he captures Sid and maybe they have a shootout at his house in Miami mm-hmm. and they capture the drugs. The movie probably should have ended there. Yeah. But instead, Tappy gets away, kidnaps Sid, flees to Cuba. And you're like, what? Are we starting a whole brand new fucking movie? Because really, it just takes a departure from being Miami beat cops. Yeah. Trying to find <coughs> some dudes dealing X to... Let's fucking invade Cuba with the CIA and fucking Army Delta guys and shit like that. Like, wow, this thing just took a big leap in another direction. They fucking invaded Cuba. They were blowing up houses and killing. They were killing Cuban military guys. Yeah. Okay, that's a fucking act of war. These are Americans, <laughs> cops and shit like that in a foreign country killing their military. And everybody's, I want in, I want in. You know, hey, ever tell you about how crazy us ex-Delta guys are and... And that one dude, Captain Howard, like, I called in a favor for my friends from the CIA and their spies. And this thing just snowed. This thing gets out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it gets a little outrageous. <laughs> and there's a scene where they're, like, in a helicopter flying. And Mike and Marcus are all geared, tooled up. They got their bandana. They got camouflage made. This is like that scene in Predator yeah. <laughs> in the helicopter. And I'm like, I'm sure you guys are competent cops. In Miami, but these are like fucking army deltas. These are trained operators who travel all over the world. And all of a sudden, they're traveling to other countries. And like, when did they become elite military dudes? They're a little bit out their league. So this movie just goes, it becomes a whole separate movie at like the two hour mark. Uh, and there's some good action sequences, and, t- and then they're hooking up with like the the underground who's yeah. like trying to revolt the country. Like, wow, this thing just got crazy. <laughs> Maybe that that maybe that goes into my complaint about it just being over the top too much. It's like it's just too much. Yeah, but that's insane. And then Mike is like, there's a big car chase through Cuba where Mike's tearing through people's homes. Yeah, these are these are poor people. All they live in is like fucking aluminum siding, and Mike's just ripping it all up. Asshole. <laughs> every time Mike's an asshole in this movie. Every time Mike. Every time they say Mike Lowry, the last one. Every time Mike Lowry is an asshole. Do a shot. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but they they plow into Gitmo, and but there's a minefield and shit, and that's and then they're like, drop the gun, and Sid's like, I'll drop the gun right next to the mine. <laughs> Why are you saying your plan out loud, you dumb? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like we're we're not. I know they're doing it for the audience, but that insults me. It's like you think I'm too stupid. Like oh, I'll throw the gun right. You know wh- why does she have to say her plan? It just makes me feel like they think I'm an idiot. And I can't figure out her With the, big tactical decision to throw a mine, to, to, to set a mine off next to the guy who's trying to kill you. When she threw the gun on the mine and it, it like flew up, would, would a mine do that? Like, would it like fly up? Yeah. Does it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shows what I know. Some of them will, will, some of them jump up and they'll blow you up. Oh, okay. Uh, if it blows up in the ground, I mean. Yeah. You know, but if it, if it comes at your level and the shrapnel will hit you and everybody at, at wouldn't that have like biggest kill space? Wouldn't that have like killed them too? Or I guess they were too far away. It should have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the shrapnel should have just like taken everybody out in that radius. Okay. But, but I mean, it was her plan, so she was ducking. Oh. Uh, I guess. <laughs> so Marcus would have died. <laughs> Marcus was die. Marcus was in the middle of mid dive, and he does the the flip and shoots him. You know, the last movie it was like you know now that's how you drive. From now on, that's how you're supposed to drive. And this movie is like, now that's how you shoot. No. From now on, yeah, because you got the skill shot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, so, Marcus doing everything. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Okay. So you said in in the first movie, Marcus did everything. What did? Uh, mm-hmm. So Marcus killed the bad dude in this one. 
Whoa. Did Mike drove the Humvee in the chase. Okay. He, he did drive the, you know. Okay. And Mike did drive it during that big epic chase with the boat, but that literally got them nowhere in the case. All it did is fuck up his dashboard. Yeah. Really, they got nowhere in the case. That was a good scene where the captain is like, okay, so we have no, we have no drugs. We have no... <laughs> so you got the drugs. No. No? No no drugs. One of my favorite bits of, of Joy Pants in this whole movie, and he's not even being loud, he's almost being really quiet, mm. is when Mike, like, he gets off the phone with, I don't know, his insurance guy or his car guy. He's like, Cap, could we start talking about reimbursement? And then the cap, like, cuts him off. Like, the department doesn't pay for that. That's why we drive police cars. So, anyway, and he just, like, moves right past it. Like, he had that in his pocket because he knows Mike is going to complain. Like, he just pulls it out. So, anyways, and just move past it. I thought that was funny, and I love the way he makes the little motion of, of a steering wheel with his head. That's why we drive police yeah. cars. Like he's talking to a kid. I was watching it with my wife, and it made her laugh too. Like when he did a little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that that was good. I know that there's always two sides to a story. So, what's yours? Well, well, I was at a family barbecue. We got a tip that the Zopounders were going to do a hit on cash or drugs from this big time X man. So, you got the drugs? No drugs. Oh, okay. How about the money? No money. Well, then who's, who is this X-Man? Cam, uh, I, I was at a family barbecue, so... We I... don't know, but we are going to find out. Well, then all that was for nothing? Oh, we didn't do all of that. If you look close... Watch, hold up. There's, there's DEA all over. Wait, wait, wait hold up. D-D-D-D-D-E-A without consulting me? That's a DEA car right there. Fuck! Fuck! Remember your pressure points. Do I? Do the exercise. I'll let your boy. Musa. Musa. Twenty-one thousand. What? Oh, kiss my black ass. It was the dashboard. Mm. You know what? No. Oh no. Yeah, you can get your money. Yeah, somebody. Somebody's on their way with your money. Captain, is it uh, possible we could discuss potential reimbursement? The does not cover personal property. That's why we drive police cars. So, where do we go from here? Yeah, Joy, Joy Pants, I will say, in this movie, he's just as funny. He gets a little bit more to do. He's, uh, I mean, he's funny in both of them. In the first one, he's playing basketball. He's like, I was like, getting them all in before you walked in here. <laughs> I love that line, too. He's almost like an unsung hero in this franchise. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we'll see if they learn to appreciate Joy yeah. Pants in future <laughs> entries. Um... Okay, and then uh, I guess one last thing we could say is, uh, do you want to mention anything about the the Reggie scene? Who the fuck is Reggie? <laughs> <laughs> no, the Reggie scene. <laughs> the Reggie scene is funny. Yeah. I gotta admit. The, well, first of all, like because if you don't remember Reggie, who's who's about to take uh, Marcus's daughter Megan, who's like fifteen. They're both fifteen on her first date, and he opens the door, and Marcus, who's like way shorter than the dude. Yeah. <laughs> The fuck are you? <laughs> like, how old are you? 15. Motherfucker, you look 30. <laughs> and then Mike, like, who that? It's Reggie. Who the fuck is Reggie? Like, how old are you? 15. Shit, nigga, you at least 30. <laughs> we getting old, Mike. One of them young punks coming to take my baby out on the first date. Who the fuck are you? I'm Mr. Burnett. I'm Reggie. What you doing here? Came to take home, Megan. What? I came to take on Megan. How old are you? I'm 15, Mr. Manhattan. Motherfucker, you look 30. Show me some ID. 
I don't have none on me. You don't have no idea. Get your ass up against that wall. What the fuck your problem? You think you know it all? You little young thundercats. You got joints on you? No. You smoke that shit? No, sir. You trying to get my daughter high? You smoke Marvin. that shit? Nigga, who that is? It's dog? Reggie. Who the fuck is Reggie? Came to take Megan out. What you want, nigga? I'm here to take his daughter out. What's your name? Reggie. Well, no, I heard the motherfucker say your name, Reggie. You want you taking Megan out? Yes, sir. How old is you? Fifteen. Shit, nigga, you at least thirty. This is mine. Did you fight? Yeah. You can fight. Mm -hmm. Oh, you moving, motherfucker. You can't fight. Look at Mike, you. Look. No, I, I want to know if the nigga. I want to know somebody gonna take my niece out. I want to know if the nigga can fight. Somebody okay. might come say something. Hey. The nigga can't fight. She can't go. Megan's godfather. Okay, he just got out the joint. Why are you okay? putting all my they business in the street? Why are you putting all? Him? I just got out of jail and I ain't going back. I ain't going back. What's wrong with you? No, no. Acting all scared, nigga. You ain't never seen a gun before. Like, stop pointing the gun at the boy, man. Nigga, look. Don't you disrespect me I, in front of company. All right, let the gun go off. You don't nigga, have. No, you no, a no, big old tall, no. ludicrous looking motherfucker, ain't you? You rap? No. Move, no. nigga. Hey, look, get out hey, the way. Hey, if I see okay. you on the highway, hey, get hey, the fuck out hey, of hey, my way. Hey, Mike. Now listen. Have my daughter home at 10.01. If she ain't home at 10.01, I'm in the car, okay? Lock loaded and hunting your motherfucking ass down. Do you hear me? And I'm Speak gonna fuck up, Reggie. And if I'm there, you know what it's gonna be? Chitty, chitty, bang, bang, nigga. That's what it's gonna be. Marcus! Oh, Reggie, baby, I am so sorry. Please forgive Megan's dad and his silly friend. You a virgin? Yes. All right, keep it that way. There ain't gonna be no fucking that night. Baby, the red shirt's nice. I like that. You guys have a good time. You ever made love to a man? No. You want to? No, sir. Hey, have a good time, baby. Go. All right, good. All right. You need to go. That was cool. So you ready to bust this case open? <laughs> that whole bit where they're trying to, like, scare him and everything, that was funny. It was very buddy cop. It showed yes. how Mike was, like, a part of the family. Right. Um, uh, that, yeah, that was good. I really like that scene. And I like it, too. And just to circle on what you were just saying, that's, like, what? almost two hours in the movie, maybe an hour, hour and a half, two hours in the movie. To me, that's like the first time we get that sense of buddy cop, their family type thing. Other than that, before all that, it's just them like bickering with each other, like the whole movie. That's why I think that's, I think we got, it, it took too long to get that scene, but that is a really funny scene. It, 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 it was a shame that to set up, they had, that they were forced to set up this animosity between the two because it had to culminate with Marcus deciding to leave Mike. Yeah. So, like, the scene where he first shows up at his house, and uh, Marcus opens the door, and Mike has, like, that little hiney donut. Like, for your ass, man. You take the pressure off, yeah. whatever. And then he goes, is that scene? And he just walks right in. And somebody tosses him a basketball, and Mike tosses it over his shoulder. You hear, like, a glass break. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just this calamity in his life. Yeah. You know, you almost don't blame Marcus for wanting to leave him. And I think that was a conscious decision. And it's a shame, because it makes us, like, hate Mike even more yeah. and not really care about them as a, as a team, as a duo. Yeah. But it was like, once Marcus said, I'm leaving, I signed my papers and Mike is like, all right, do what you got to do. All right, let's go out strong. Then the Reggie scene happens. Mm -hmm. It's like Mike accepted it. And it's like immediately after that, we get the Reggie scene, which is them coming together, doing, you know, what the, how they should be this whole time. Right. Yeah. And it makes you feel like, wow, it was a waste. We just blew like an hour and a half of them being assholes. And then you give me this taste of what they're like when they're really cool with each other. Yeah. And I think that's the that's yeah. one of my issues I have with this movie. And uh, that, yeah, and you said it. It's like two and a half hours long. It's a long-ass fucking movie. But, yeah. But anyway, anything else before we wrap up this one uh, for uh, Bad Boys 2? Uh, 
I still I still enjoy it. Um, yeah, I still would. If I watch one, I'm gonna watch the other one. That's how I've been like for years. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'll watch it. I don't I don't hate the movie. I just when I compare the two together, I, I I'll watch the first one over the second one. But um, I probably would too. It's a little quicker, and uh, it's got. Taya Leone's legs in it, so for that reason, I'd I'd, I'd rather watch fucking yeah, Bad Boys. For, I'd rather look at I'd rather just look at a picture of Taya Leone's legs over most movies. <laughs> yeah, in part one, I could it's like she was bad, and every scene like Marcus walks in and she's like oiling up her legs on like that was a on purpose. Legs. Another that was scene, on purpose. she's just lying on yeah. <laughs> another scene, she's just lying in a bed with like a a bungee, just actually like every scene was about her legs. Yeah. When she walks into the club, she's got that short skirt. Let me just focus on her. Like, Michael Bay knew. It's like he cast her for her legs. Did you bring a leg <laughs> shot for this audition, you know, instead of a head shot? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Keeps coming back to Tay Leone. So, on this one, uh, IMDb has it rated 6.6. 6, a little bit lower than uh, the first one. Less, R- yeah. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, critics score 23%. Uh, so, some critics agree with me, I guess. Uh, audience score, 78%. So it's on par with the first one, audience-wise. I guess most people disagree with you, then. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, now, when we go to, to production budget, this one, we go for, what, $19 million? This one up to $130 million. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They knew what they're doing. Now you got, like, the, one of the biggest directors and one of the biggest stars yeah. in the world at this point. Yeah. And they know that he likes to do explosions, so they need some money for it. Um, $130 million. Opening weekend only did $46 million. U.S. gross altogether came in at 138 mil. International gross came at 134 for worldwide gross of 273 million dollars. So they, uh, I guess you could say they got their money back on that one a little bit. If you can double double 130, it's uh, 260. Yes, yeah, so they got their money back on it. Made a profit. So sure. Yeah. So and that was it, right? 2003, Bad Boys 2. They go off and they, they do their, their their careers veer in different directions. Yeah. Because it's weird when that happens. It's like, you know, is Martin Lawrence even, like, famous enough to star up as a Will Smith anymore kind of a thing? You know, it would get people talking. And that's part of why I thought it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Wasn't uh, this in, like, few, uh, be- this was, like, in limbo for a while, wasn't it? Like, we would, like, this throughout the been, years. People have been talking, they've been talking about this since, like, 2009. Yeah. There was yeah. talks of a Bad Boys three. It just and kept at the falling time, through. Like, yeah, and... Big Mama's house. Yeah. It was making money. Like Marlon Lash was still around. He was clearly doing the comedy route. But you know, we would buy him in an action movie if it was one he had already done twice. And Will Smith, you know, of course, Will Smith. I don't put asses in seats. Yeah. And for years, it just couldn't get made. Couldn't get made. Yeah. And I think, yeah, were you excited for a Bad Boys three ten years ago for sure? Yeah. And then like, last year when it was finally announced they're really making it, were you were you excited when you heard news? I wouldn't say excited. I was like, okay, let's wait, let's wait and see. <laughs> I was gonna wait and see kind of because it's been yeah. seventeen years, man. That's a long time between and <laughs> and I was more con- not concerned. Yeah, seventeen. Has it been seven two thousand three to yeah seventeen years? Fuck, I've banged movies that old. Yeah, seventeen years. Yeah. Um, but well, I mean, I wasn't you know worried about you know because Will Smith he's been prominent we we know what he's been but Martin Lawrence I haven't really seen a whole lot of him since and you know we've seen some dude he was retired yeah like he had actually retired I didn't even realize that I hadn't seen him around in a while until I was looking up what he had done he did that show with Kelsey Grammer on FX and it lasted like a season where they're like lawyers 
I think it was called Partners. And that was like 2014, I think. And he did like one other thing that I didn't see. And then for like four or five years, he didn't do anything. I guess he was, he was like just retired. And I don't know why he came out to do this. Maybe he loved the script. Maybe he missed the limelight. Maybe he needed the money. Who knows? Well, I mean, and plus it's a, it's a known IP. You know, it's a known franchise. So uh, there's some love. You know, a lot of people love this franchise. So, um, yeah, he's going to, if he has the opportunity to come back and do it, yeah, I don't see. I don't see why not. I'm sure they wanted. To but make what sure was that, the hold? What do you think the holdup was for so long? I, I don't mean, know, man. It, I mean, Will Smith is a producer on on Bad Boys Three, so if Will Smith couldn't even with his own star power, I'm gonna make this movie. Couldn't even get it made. Like, what was what was the fucking holdup? It took it a could have been. Yeah, it could have been that hard to find a script. Sure, I think he was too busy trying to make people like Jaden Smith. He blew a decade. He did on go that. a while on that, and that, that did trip, and that yeah. did not pan out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but regardless, he's like, I, he's like, I want to be in a movie with the younger version of me, but nobody likes my son. I guess I'll do a movie where they're just going to digitally make a younger <laughs> me <laughs> and nobody liked that either. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Gemini? I, I did. Yeah. You did? Oh, uh, yay, nay. Eh. Who votes I? Who Dude. votes nay? Nay. Oh. Nay. <laughs> so, so it is a nay. A Gemini man, it's like a. So I read it somewhere. I don't. I can't remember where I read it, but someone said it. Was, it felt like a '90s action flick, and I was like, "Yeah, it is. It feels kind of dated. I don't know why, but it does." Uh, but this dude, but, we we love '90s action movies around here. Uh, yeah, What's the problem. You're making me want. I, you're making me want to see it more. <laughs> um, but just the the Will Smith, like the D.H. Will Smith. It looks looks so weird. Like I don't know. He. That's what I heard. I heard the effects just yeah, didn't work. It is, and yeah. and, that, and and when you pull a movie where it's based around the effects and they don't work, yeah, it it, it cripples. It. You know, look at like the you know the Henry Cavill mustache. I haven't seen Irishman yet, but everything I've read said the de aging works, and they're saying that it's so important that it worked for the story. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, though. I haven't seen it either. All right, we ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. So uh, they they said the name was Bad Boys for Life on this one, and immediately yeah. I, I can already, I can already hear people saying, "Well, that should have been a, the title for the fourth movie because four is in the name." I was like, "Yeah, maybe," but I mean, are we- oh, like like Bad Four, Bad Bad yeah. Furious, Furious, yeah, 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 <laughs> or I don't know. Too so, fast, too furious. Which, kind of a joke. I could, I could see that, but at the same time, it's like, hold on, it took 17 years to get part three. Let's not jump the gun on part four, all right? So this, this you know, this might be the last one. We don't know. <clears throat> anyway, so that brings us to Bad Boys for Life. We just opened up uh, this month. It's already doing good uh, as far as critics and, and responses. Uh, it's already got higher ratings than the, the other two movies. Really? Yeah. I mean, sorry. Really? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go into that later, but let's let's just get into the, the movie itself. So, well, just really quick, uh, a general impression of it? Yay, nay? Did you like it? We, by the way, we both saw it. Uh, we we saw it the same day, like like uh, 
three or four days ago. But we haven't talked about it to each other. Yeah. This is the first yeah. we're discussing it with it one another. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what you think. I don't think, I, you know, I haven't tell you what I thought about it yet. Uh, but I got to say, the day of, it was a very, it's very weird. Okay. First of all, that morning I bought my tickets, like not even a minute later, not even 30 seconds, you texted me. And I never get a text from you in the morning, but you texted me and you said, did you buy your tickets yet? I was like, holy shit, I just did. Like, no joke, I just bought my tickets. And I never hear from you in the morning. So I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. So cut to um, when I'm going to see the movie where, you know, me and my wife were pulling to the movie theater. And I see a parking spot and I pull into it. Uh, I said the, the car next to me and said, hey, that kind of looks like uh, Chris's car. I was like, I get out. Oh, yeah, that's Chris's car. How about that? So I took a picture of it and I texted it to him real quick. And he's like, what do you see? I said, bad boys. I said, which one? I told him for number four. Uh, The point is, we're in the same movie and he actually got the same tickets that row behind me. I don't know. It was just kind of like the whole like that day of the ticket situation between you text me and him getting tickets like right next. It's kind of weird, kind of bizarre. But. Anyway, uh, to, to, to summarize, <laughs> oh, oh wow, bizarre. To, okay. <laughs> uh, to summarize, um, I like the movie. <laughs> I thought it was good. Okay, what you what you think of the movie? You like the movie? I, I like the movie. What you? Uh, you know what? I'm not even gonna say. You'll know when we're done talking about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bad boy. Oh, no. Bad boys for life. <laughs> First off, this is not a Michael Bay joint. No, it's not. No, it is not. It's dubbed by two dudes. I don't know their names. Uh, Aaliyah. They've done yes. not a lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to make uh, a, an appropriate joke. Yeah, I've never heard of them. They haven't done a lot. I could list you the things on there, but I've never even heard of them myself. And I've heard of a lot of shit. <laughs> so they kind of pluck a couple dudes from obscurity. I think they were just banking on this is a known franchise yeah. and the star power of their leads. Lead. Yeah. Um, okay. They're like, it doesn't matter what the movie looks like, people are going to see it. Right. Uh, yeah, the director, I never, like, there's two which, guys, like, it, which is like yeah. a, a deal and Belil or something. It was so weird. I don't, I never heard of these guys. Uh, screenplay was by Peter Craig, who did The Town. Uh, Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1 and 2. He's doing, uh, he just did Top Gun Maverick, and he's doing the upcoming Gladiator 2. Um, and also it was by uh, Joe Carnigan, who did Smoking Aces and A-Team. So, Yeah, Joe Carnigan's big-ass director, man. He's done a ton of shit. Yeah. He, I think he's more known for his director, but yeah, he also directed A-Team. Yeah, no, I recognize I the Carnigan. name, but I couldn't place which I think movie. he directed the pilot for The Blacklist also. That show was sort of like his baby. Oh, okay. And I like The Blacklist, okay. Yeah, I watched like the first couple seasons, but got it kind of out of it since then. Same here. I only I only kept up with it for a couple seasons. Yeah, like quit milking it. Is who is he? <laughs> <laughs> is he your dad? Who who the fuck is Red? <laughs> I didn't have the patience anymore. I didn't either. Yeah, we gave up. <laughs> so I gave up. But yeah, uh, That's funny. Right. Oh, okay. So uh, in this one, Mike and Marcus now have to f- confront new issues like career changes and midlife crisis um, as they join the newly created elite ammo team of the Miami God. police department to take down the ruthless Armando Armas, the vicious leader of uh, Miami. Where are you getting this from? Miami, You're not, you didn't remember that Miami shit. Miami drug cartel. Actually, I did have to look up who the name of the villain was. Cause I didn't know. Who Don't yeah. Oh, I, I just call. Okay. Like there's the villain is like a mother's. I don't remember. I don't know either names. I just kept thinking of them as uh, Morgana and Mordred. That's what I kept <laughs> calling them the whole time. <laughs> yeah. 
Because you think about it, that's who they fucking are. Yeah. And I guess that makes Mike Lowry King Arthur. But, you, <laughs> but with, that, that's basically it. Like, long lost, haha, years ago, here's your grown-ass son come to fucking kill you. Yeah. He's fucking Mordred. Yeah. The bruja. Uh, so, so, bad boys for life. So, the movie starts kind of, first off, it... The production symbol says Jerry Bruckheimer, and it says Simpson Bruckheimer. I haven't seen that fucking logo of the lightning storm in years. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I was, I mean, I guess because the first one was produced with Don, and maybe maybe Jerry just says, fucking put the old logo on. Who cares? Who's going to sue? That, that <laughs> would be, would that be a, a Bruckheimer decision, right? To put that particular logo on there? With it's because it says Simpson. It has to be. Yeah, it says Simpson Bruckheimer, and then the the Rock was the last movie they did together. Don Simpson died, and then Con Air was the first one that Jerry Bruckheimer did, and the logo changed like a tree on a highway. Right. So he has a brand new logo. I haven't seen that Simpson Bruckheimer logo, which, like I said, they produced Riverdale's Cop, Top Gun, Crimson Tide, a lot of cool Days of Thunder, a lot of cool action movies back in the day, and that was the logo that that would always pop up. And when I saw it in the theater, I was like, "Holy shit! I haven't seen that in fucking years." What you what you think about that? So that gonna, did, it, did it did it uh, twenty like get your twenty twenty four years was last twenty five years, uh, it I mean there was so much it happened so quick I was like oh that's cool and then I just sort of because the movie was started you know yeah. I was trying to enter the world of Miami cops and robbers and shit but it opens with a car chase and Mike like could fucking car, drive a car man he could fucking be like like Fast and the Furious has I'm has like set the bar for just straight up car scenes and car chases and shit like that. So the opening set piece is this humongous. I don't even call it a car chase. Mike is just being reckless. <laughs> He's just recklessly driving. And so, if you're, so the movie starts, you're like, okay, this feels like a bad boys movie. These two cops race around in the car. And that lasts for about five minutes. Then it, it becomes lethal weapon. And that lasts for a good chunk of the movie. Then it turns into a Fast and the Furious movie with an ethnically diverse group of young, attractive people. And then it sort of ends by becoming three men and a baby. Nothing about this movie other than the first five minutes felt like a bad boys movie to me. Wow. Okay. Yeah, uh, so, so uh, who's wondering how, how I feel about the movie still? <laughs> <laughs> I like the opening scene. <laughs> so, well, I mean, the opening car chase where they're racing to to, to fight, and you think it's like, oh, they're racing to, yeah. to to stop stop a robbery or doing some cop shit. It turns out they're racing to get to the hospital. Yeah, and it, which I that reminded have I me seen of, that before. Oh, yeah, Lethal Weapon Four. <laughs> That's what it felt like. That's what it reminded me of. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, right? not, well, not so much like they're going. Yeah, well, you're right in, in that the cop is going, to, and and uh, uh, Marcus is clearly the Murtaugh of the right. two of them. Yeah, where they're trying to get in the hospital to, to see the birth of his grandson, but where they're trying to make you think it's like action related, and it turns out it's like losers, the fucking end of losers, mm. where they make it seem like it's a mission, and whatever you do, you get to that package, and Pooch has, is like propelling up the wall, and you think it's a mission, and he's just going to for his wife to have the baby. Yeah, it's like they trick you. That was also it's sort the, of that. It's like the the whole premise behind the pacifier with Vin Diesel. <laughs> the whole movie was like, uh, whatever. Uh, I never saw the pacifier with Vin Diesel. Yeah, you ain't missing anything. Thought about it because Lauren Graham, Laura Like Gilmore is in it, but I never did get to see it. 
Um, no, but the one thing that did get me after the whole it was revealed as a hospital scene, whatever. Bam! Opening credits says "Bad Boys for Life," and we get the theme back. That was one thing I was missing from the second movie. Which another reason I don't care too much for the second movie, but <laughs> but it was cool hearing the little theme music play up again. So I dug it. I also want to say in that opening scene with uh, when they're driving around, they go on a beach, and for some reason this car is able to drive on the on the beach. Uh, but uh, that was they pulled like a they pulled a Marvel and they swapped out the whole scene because in the trailer they were in a mall and they use the same scenes or the the same lines and everything. But they're in a mall instead of the beach, so that was kind of interesting. Oh, I, I, I'm not over. I think I saw the trailer once, and I was like, "It's a bad boys. I'll see it." Right? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't go back and rewatch it or examine it. I just saw it to know it's a thing, and yeah, oh, I didn't. Even, I, I should go back and watch it. You, when you say, "Are you talking about like Ragnarok?" Yeah, where, where they like, changed up. They're in the alley. They changed the back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When they're in the alley, and then they're in the yeah. fucking uh, Norway or some shit. Yeah. yeah. See what you did there. <laughs> so, uh, so Will Smith is consistent. He's still kind of an asshole. Uh, <laughs> he's consistent with nothing else. Martin Lawrence, you know, like I said, he's been retired for a few years, so you know he, he's 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 a little bit bigger. Yeah, and that, that, that is was... the one thing I remember. That is the one thing I remember from the trailer. Watching the trailer was thinking like, wow, my god! Remember that scene in Incredibles where where Mister Incredible. Bob pulls up to the front gate to Edna Mode, and she's looking at him in her monitor, and you just hear her like mutter, like, my God, you've gotten fat. Hello, Bob! <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, my God, you've gotten fat. Martin Lawrence is back! Yay! <laughs> That's how I was. I don't know. After a while, I started feeling bad for him, because that's what everybody was talking about a lot, about how fat Martin Lawrence is. I was like, ah, he's... Yeah, he yeah black don't crack, um, yeah. but it expands. I will, I will say that as far weight, uh, not aside, they both look. Real, I mean, we we Will Smith is we know what he looks like, but they both look very good for their for their age being this movie. Uh, oh, oh my God, I was the exact opposite, man. I was like, Will Smith doesn't need to be filmed in high definition anymore. I mean, granted, the movie is about him realizing his mortality, so right. to speak. Like you're not, you know, you're not. You can't run a gun like you did back in 1995 anymore. You know, obviously he's still in better shape than Martin Lawrence, but he looked old. He did look too old to be to be Mike Lowry now. I think the sequel took too long. Uh, yo, that yeah, I that think both. that is their that is the biggest hindrance of this movie. I think is the fact that they're they're 17 years older. You know, <laughs> than what they were last time. Yeah, like, like, and the thing is, like, I compared it, like, it becomes Lethal Weapon, and Martin, you know, like I said, Martin is clearly the Murtaugh, he's the older man, he's the family man, he wants, he's getting ready to retire, all that kind of stuff, and, you know, he's he's more out of shape, whereas Mike is the guy who, st- he's younger and more in favor, but the thing is, he's not younger, this isn't Riggs and Murtaugh, these fuckers are the same age, <laughs> so the whole Murtaugh-Riggs dynamic doesn't work, because they're supposed to be the same age. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I will say... I will say this, though, man. Oh, that's funny. We both said the same. <laughs> um, I will say this, though. Martin Lawrence came out of retirement for this, man. Fucker still got it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was funny in this, man. His timing has not diminished whatsoever, man. He still has those good lines. He still knows how to deliver them, man. He was, he, he was on par... With the first two movies, twenty five years later, he hasn't missed a beat. He's still funny, and uh, good for good for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree. Yeah, it, for it, real, man. Be- besides the 
the added weight on him, as uh, like everybody likes to point out. Um, yeah, it's it like he was up against the wall when this was about to come out, and then when it opened, boom, he fucking nailed it. Yeah, he crushed. Yeah, <laughs> so like good for him. And now, yeah, and that was refreshing, and and it was it was good to see that. Yeah, he still got it, and it didn't to me. The, the weight thing, it didn't even bother me because he was so good in this movie. Yeah, I got over it. Yeah. I got over it really fast. It didn't even matter. Um, and there's like the funny scene where Mike is like, he's back in the game and he's like putting on his sexy sports coat and they cut to Marcus like putting on a bathrobe yeah. <laughs> and they cut to Mike sitting in his car and his Ferrari or whatever and he like shifts it in gear and they cut to Marcus in a, in a lazy boy recliner and he shifts it in gear like they're showing the juxtaposition of these two dudes and Marcus is just a retired family man and I'm like good for you Marcus man you earned it you fucking earned it <laughs> yeah um, I, I did notice though we're, we're going back to you know them and, and and their age and everything. I did notice a couple of scenes in the first part of this movie because the first part of this movie it is kind of a bit a sl- slower. You know, it's just them congratulating him on the birth of his grandson. All you know, it's not not a whole lot going on yet. We're not getting yeah. to the big export. So I don't know. Um, to to me, they just they both seemed a, they looked a little tired in the face. You know, or maybe they weren't into it just yet. There's something. But maybe, these dudes are in their fifties, man. Of course they're tired in the face. They're fucking fifty-five and like fifty-two. Hey, man, this is Hollywood. Martin and this is Hollywood. Martin they can, they can, they can CG that shit out. I'm just saying, they just look like almost not. I don't want to say like they didn't want to be there, but it looked like they're just kind of going through the motions a little bit. Oh, um, uh, okay. But uh, but that, that that let me reiterate. To me, I only I only got that sense in that first the first few scenes of the, the, the slow parts of the first part. Uh, but like towards then that didn't even affect me at all in my enjoyment of this movie of them to watching them to at least. So one thing I'll say about Marcus and his performance, his character, whatever that I didn't love was like, they, they wanted him to act a bit more like really act in a moat more than he did in the last two movies. Before it was more like like Mike, come on, bro. Like like they're like these buddies. They don't need words mm-hmm. to express to each other what they're feeling. This one, like he got straight up monologues of of you know, don't talk to me like that, Mike. I wipe shit off your chin, Mike. And you know, and I didn't buy even when he's praying in the church when Mike's in the OR and he's like, God, you know, I've done a lot of bad stuff and I've that's why I've been talking. Now I realize, oh, Marcus has like a crisis of faith. I didn't really need to know that part. And then he makes a oath to never put more violence and i was like i mean the whole prayer speech i was a little bored and then when he makes that vow i was like oh this scene was in to introduce this plot device that mike will that marcus will not shoot anybody and i'm sure that's gonna we'll get some fun out of that for a while until it clearly will go away which it did well it was a pretty good but, ca- uh, i mean it was a pretty big catalyst to get it back i, I could have done without that whole little aspect of uh let mike marcus not shoot people for like half an hour uh, I don't know. You 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 touched on a couple of things on that. Maybe uh, maybe you liked it, but I don't know. Yeah, it's just that I thought that scene was actually pretty good when when Mike was giving him shit, uh, and Mark was like, "Don't," he says, "Don't give me that." You know, I was wiping drool off your chin. Don't disrespect. Yeah, me like don't that, disrespect yeah. me like that. I, you know, I was wiping drool off your chin when you're laying in the hospital. I was like, that was some good shit. You don't like, even I thought know. that was some good shit. I mean, it was good because I love seeing Marcus stand up for himself yeah. and put Mike in his place. Yeah. And think, you know, it's not all about you. Like, I've been your boy and you're going to turn me down. I was like, dude, Mike, like, don't don't play that small fry shit. Yeah. We're, we're being real here, you know. I did like how he put him in his place. Yeah. I actually really loved that. Yeah. But, 
it's like we've never had that before. I, I don't know. It seems like if the, if their relationship was going to get to that level, it would have happened already. It was weird to see it, it so far it down the line. It did feel it's, – it's interesting you say that because it did feel to me at some points it's like nothing has happened in the time frame between 17 years you know, it's like they haven't progressed. Yeah. They haven't progressed. <laughs> You're, yeah. Right? Okay. Yes. Exactly. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like their world kind of paused for 17 years and then they kicked back up again when this movie started. But, uh, yeah. Like w- when Marcus, his grandchild's born, it's like, you want to hold her? And Mike's like, nah, I'm good. I'm wearing my cool suit. It's like he's always at an arm's length because he's like asshole Mike. Right. You know, no, I'm not going to hold your grandchild. I got my suit on. Hey, hey. You know, yeah. he's still that guy. Yeah, he's afraid of babies or oh. whatever, the, whatever that was. Um, I will yeah. say, it was kind of cool because when he's cute, ba- cute baby, <laughs> got they cast a baby with really big ears <laughs> to look yeah. like. Marla. I thought that was funny that, or maybe they fucking digitized those fucking ears. I don't know, but the baby um, had big ass ears, and that maybe that was kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> I got the ears. These are your, they're like an angel. These are your wings. Flap flap. You know. <laughs> um, I, I will say when I saw the movie, it was pretty packed in there, and. I, I guess there's, I mean, it was, I guess it's kind of cool because there, I, you could tell a lot of uh, people were fans of the actual franchise because when we see like the back of Reggie, like the reveal, like that's who the dad is. And because you don't see the front, it's just like in Bad Boys 2 where we see the back of Reggie. Who the fuck is Reggie? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So we see the back of Reggie and then <laughs> it, we see it again. People start laughing already because they already got the joke before they even saw it. They remember Reggie. Yeah. So it was kind of cool that there is not just me, but there's a majority of people of this were all in on it together, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Reggie, Reggie's the baby daddy. Uh, and that's not, I'm not being right. I mean, they're not married. He's the baby daddy. Right. How are they not married? Okay. We think about, do the math. They're 32 years old. Yeah. Reggie and Megan. And how are they barely having a kid but never been married this whole time? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's because I think they're going off a script that was written like 10 years ago. <laughs> Maybe. That, that could be the case. But that goes to my point where, like, it doesn't seem like anything's happened since Bad Boys. Nothing's progressed up until this yeah, point. Yeah. It feels like this should, it, this script feels like it should be 10 years ago. Yeah. And they never tweaked it in ten years, and now they're way older. The the Megan and Reggie are way older. You know, it's like it's like, <laughs> but it's ten years too late. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. So that aspect of it, I could that was that was an issue that I did have with it. But uh, what else did you? Was that your main contention with this movie, or did you? Is there other issues? Oh th- well, I mean, there's just I mean, I I just didn't. First off, okay, you know, I'm gonna say something. It's one thing to try to to shoot a movie like you're Michael Bay and it's another thing to actually be Michael Bay shooting the movie. Yeah. There even that I, I mentioned it twice already that that rotating shot of them standing up which is a trademark of Michael Bay. These two dudes tried to do that. And there's a couple times where they try to look Michael Bay. You, yeah. you could tell cuz Michael Bay has a distinct look. You've seen enough of his movies. Right. Yeah. And they try their hardest to look like him. But the thing is, Michael Bay, he doesn't let up, man. Even just a scene of two guys talking, the camera will be panning. There'll be something to obscure the the shot so it's not just a single thing. I, he, he puts like an energy to everything he does, which is probably exhausting for most directors. But Michael Bay will not do just a static shot, just a still camera face of a person talking if he can help it. Yeah. 
And this movie had a lot of that, of just the camera on two guys. Like It looked like a sitcom, you know? It was that simple of a shot. Yeah. But the Michael Bay's the exception. He will not settle for those shots. But this movie had that, and there was times I felt like, oh, this feels just like there's no energy. On top of the fact these guys are old as fuck. <laughs> it just, yeah, it felt like a, more of a slog than the first two. Yeah, I was, that was my next point I was about to get to. I'm glad you talked about it, but the, the fact that, yeah, there was some like especially that pan around shot where they got up and you saw the the Michael Bay shot of them. Mm-hmm. So this this movie kind of felt like almost like a greatest hits of the franchise of some of the stuff <laughs> like the sc- the scores back. We still got the pan around shot. We got a, a nice car chase. There's some more of their callbacks like Reggie and all this other stuff. So it did feel like more of a you know hey what's everything we can pull from the the past to, to past movies and throw it in here which. If if this is gonna be like the swan song, if this is if this is the final movie, it's that's awesome. You know, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that but, in a minute, um, though. Yeah, we'll get to that. But um, I don't know. I, I I'm kind of mixed on that aspect because on one hand, I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that they're throwing a lot of nods to the past movies, and you could tell that the writers at least had knowledge of the source material and knew what they were writing for. As opposed to the guy who wrote the last movie, who never even seen the goddamn movie, never even saw it. <laughs> and fast forward it just to get to the points. So, but I, you I, love those movies and didn't like this, or like that one, didn't like this one. So maybe, maybe you do need a fresh pair of eyes to just come in and punch up this script and walk away and never look back. Yeah. Wait, you said I, I didn't like this movie or what? No, you're, you're saying like the last guy didn't even see the movie. He just walked in, right. punched it up, and left. And you yeah. enjoy that more than this one? Uh, no, no, no. I didn't say I enjoyed Bad Boys Two more than this one. Oh, well, you like this? Okay, rank them. You want to? No, we'll save that for later. Let's get. Let's, no, let's, let's do it now. Let's do it now. I'm doing it now. It goes one, okay. two, three. It goes Bad Boys, Bad Boys Two, Bad Boys Three. I'm gonna go one, three, two. Ooh, that. I mean, we all know that's where you're going. I just wanted you to officially say it. Wow, you like Bad Boys for Life more than Bad Boys Two? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the final episode of Pop Culture Rewind. <laughs> so, okay. So Marcus is a grandfather. Yeah. And uh, so he's at a bar and a bunch of cops, Mike included, they're toasting him. You know, Marcus is a great cop and Mar- Marcus is like, I've been patrolling these streets for 25 years and I love you all. I'm like, is Marcus, like, this is a retirement party, right? Everybody's there. The captain's there. They're all there toasting Marcus. It can't just be for the fact that he had a grandkid. It has to be that he's retiring. No, they're all just there because he had a grandkid. Marcus has great friends. So they're all there. They're playing pool and in walks. <laughs> what's, 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 what's wrong with them just being there to celebrate him having a... a it, just, it felt too, you know, it, it, it felt too, like... You know what? You haven't watched The Wire, so you don't know what it's like when a cop retires and all they all gather to a bar and they toast the cop. A police. So, you know what? Go watch The Wire and come back and tell me why I'm annoyed by that scene. But, more importantly, at this not-retirement badge, uh, we meet Lieutenant um, Sexy Mexi. I don't know her name. I just call her Tits McGee. I call- <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant uh, So, Lieutenant Good and Sexy... She comes in, <laughs> gorgeous actress, by the way. She's 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 Mexican, Paula. Yeah. Ba- I forget her name. Nunez. She's a Mexican actress. What? Nunez was that the last name? Uh, I 
don't know if that is her last name. I'm not Googling it. I'm really not going to Google it. Uh, Paula Nunez. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. So she comes in and she's like, and Marcus, no, Mike says like, hey, congratulations on your promotion. I hear you're going to head up Ammo. And Marcus is like, like, what's Ammo? Uh, and, and and Mike has to explain like, oh, Ammo is this new unit made up, you know, I think it stands for Advanced Miami Metro Operations. Pfft, that's a jerk off. They just really wanted it to spell out Ammo. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's a very clunky and expensive. And why would Marcus not know that? A 20-year man, he wouldn't know that in his own precinct, they're developing a unit made up of these hot thunder, young Thundercats, these <laughs> cops. You know, how would Mike not know that? Or Mark not know that? Yeah. Anyways. Uh, you got to have your exposition, exposition there somewhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but it's bad when it feels so forced and clunky like that. But of course... Like, Mike and Sexy Maxi, like, they look at each other in the eye, and she walks away, and Marcus is like, oh, man, why aren't you with her? And they were like, oh, well, he, that's he what just says. He, he just says, dumbass. That's all he says. <laughs> yeah, dumbass. He, like, oh, she's going to be clearly his love, Mike's love interest in the movie, but we don't have enough time to develop them two and give them chemistry and to make them fall in love. So they just write in, oh, off screen, they had a whole relationship. Yeah. So every scene together, there should be chemistry there. If you don't see it, that's your fault. <laughs> so, yeah. And plus, like, Martin Lawrence spends about a third of his whole dialogue in this film just shipping these two. So we know we know they're going to wind up together. <laughs> well, he calls them dumbass, like, every single time she walks away. Yeah. So. <laughs> Ammo. Just. All right, what'd you what'd you think of the new the new kids the the young Thundercats, if you will? Okay, well, yeah, there's like this new unit. Uh, well, you know what? Before we jump to that, like Mike gets shot, and oh yeah, yeah, like he gets shot. Oh, before I kind of want to do this movie a little bit chronologically because it's so brand new, you know. Okay, I don't want to jump around too much. I'm I'm not gonna like focus, but there's this chicken jail. Who breaks out? Would you focus? <laughs> we talk about focused. Yeah, folks on the scatter plot. All right, go it's ahead. a very scatter plot. There's like this chicken jail, and she has like all this hair in her face. I can't get a good look at her, and she starts speaking rambly Spanish like she's possessed. And she breaks out of prison, and I can't get a beat on this chick. I don't know if she's young, old, hot, not whatever. Yeah, she breaks out, and like this kid breaks her out. And he goes up, and she and she's like, like mijo, mm. and I'm like, oh wait, oh she's old. That kids, that's her son. So oh, then she's old and left swipe. So they break out, and uh, there's like a he's got like this list of people he wants to assassinate, or she wants him to assassinate for her. Right. Mike is on the list. Right. So after the retirement party, Mike's out jog. He's racing Marcus on the street because that's a thing fifty year old men do, I guess. Well, and, losing the, they explained why they're doing it. I, I know, but it's like, are you really, are you, these old ass men are going to go out in the street and go running? They're fucking have a heart attack. That's the point. That was the point for them to, to say who's, who can still go, basically. Whatever. Okay, go ahead. It was, it was like old men trying to be young. And I know that's kind of the theme of the movie, but then you lose yeah. that thread when you see them doing insane action stunts <laughs> later on. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This part of the movie is like the weapon. 
when it jumps in the Fast and the Furious, then they start doing insane action stunts. But at yeah. this point of the movie, we're still in the weapon mode. Okay. So they shouldn't be out running in the streets without their fucking medication and shit. But Mike gets gunned down, and I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> this movie just got really good for a minute. And then he spends the next six months recovering, right? Right. It cuts to them at the wedding. Oh, Marcus is praying. Like, if you save Mike, I won't commit no more violence. Cut to six months later. They're at the wedding. Megan's marrying Reggie. But what has the bad guy been doing for six months? Like, what is his end game? Is he running a cartel? Is he smuggling drugs? Is he human trafficking? What is he doing other than just assassinating people? Well, before that, didn't he take out the local drug cartel? Like, the drug criminal whoever was in charge of that area he only did it like as a reflex like like he's buying guns or something off because he had dude. to take he had to take their crew he had to take the crew of the but he only did that because the dude like pulled a gun on him it wasn't like it was his plan like i'm buying yeah. these guns and the guy pulls up he's like i'm renegotiating the deal and the and the guy kind of uh, what's his name mordred what's his name uh armando armando he's like ha 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 and he whips out a knife and like this big fluid death move like kills like six guys and stabs a dude with a gun and yeah. he's and then he kills him and then right. because of that he turns to all the henchmen and he's like now i'm hiring you so it wasn't like that was part of his plan he just did it as a move because you know that was that was the move you had to make yeah. <laughs> but what has he been doing is he running a crew is he running a crime syndicate? like what is he actually doing it seems like all he's been doing for six months is just shooting people well, he didn't months. because he was supposed to. He was supposed to shoot uh, Mike last, but he shot him first. But he jumped the gun. Yeah, that's what I'm and saying. And he used he that gun first. to shoot Mike. <laughs> so in the six months, he's he's killing like like DEA agents and and federal marshals and other shit like that witnesses. And Mike is looking at all this dossier of all these witnesses, and I can't figure out a connection. There's got to be something tying all these people together. All these people that I know personally. Because they were all on the team of the first and biggest bust of my entire career. <laughs> Why can't I put this puzzle together? Oh, I am the worst cop ever in Miami history. I think you're getting mixed up because he was shot first. Like, nothing was shot. Like, he got Over shot. Over the six months, he, there's a scene where him looking at all of them. And, and the ammo team is all the computers. And they're like, there's like 600 open cases involving all these people together. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, like they're trying to, to do the math and, and, and put yeah. a correlation between all these people. But he, yeah, why, he might, why is there no himself. correlation to that? That Mike yeah. was actually involved in. His name should pop up because he's a victim. And Mike right. should just fucking know this shit because... This is the this is like what his this was a career bust what a hundred million dollars in drug <laughs> no, cartel taking bust. down that was guys. A bust. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this this big career move that he ever did, yeah, he's never told Marcus about it. Yeah, Kinda yeah. Weird, right? Captain Howard pulled him out of the academy and did this big drug bust and everything like that. He does it, goes deep cover, comes out, gets a partner, and over twenty five years never tells him this story. I was kind of confused about the math on that too. Because in 95 they were partners for 6 years. And this kid that's supposed to be his kid spoiler uh he's this is supposed to be his kid. He's like tw- they said he's like 24 years ago or something. It's, it's, right? They don't want the audience to do the math. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make maybe, any sense. Maybe that goes back to what you're saying is that the script might be 10 years old. Yeah. Right? 
<laughs> Probably. Like, maybe he... Well, yeah, maybe he was in high school and he infiltrated a cartel. <laughs> right? uh, but either way, it doesn't add up if you stop and do some math. And most 99.9% of people won't. Yeah. But that's why you have us, man. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, besides the, the that part not enough, yeah, what you're saying, like, why wouldn't Marcus, Mar- Marcus know about this, this part of his, his career? Like, surely that would have come up at some point in 25 right? years of... of because as far as he knows, working. it was just about taking down a cartel. Why would you not talk? Granted, he fell in love with a woman and he betrayed her. And I guess that shame of it, that he fell in love with her and they're supposed to run away together. And at the last minute, he chose the law over love. Yeah. He yeah. fought the law and the law won. So maybe he's like ashamed of that. So I guess that's why he kept it a secret. Although, yeah. for the first time in 25 years, he's like, like, what's wrong with you, Mike? Hey, hasta el fuego. Damn it, Mike, you say that all the time. You didn't used to say it the first seven years we knew each other, but now you say it all the time. <laughs> like, this is the oh, thing that's he says. right, yeah. yeah. Until what, Mike? Until you burn up? Until you die? What is... Hasta el fuego, it just means, in, like, until the fire, I guess. It literally translates as... Oh, and there's fire in the thing at the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh. Eh. About that. Hasta el fuego. Yeah. Simon. You know, I want to say one thing about uh, Marcus in this movie. To me, it uh, he wasn't as much of the comedic punching bag that he was in the, from the last movie. Like, last movie, he was just like the butt end of the joke for everything. Because they, the they had so little screen time. Yeah. Well, um, but this one, we're, look, we're, we're still miles away from, you forgot your boarding pass. You know, we're, or... Passenger fifty seven. You know, we're, we're we're way beyond that that version of of uh, Marcus, but um, at least this one, like he stood up for himself. I mean, he picked up a gun and shot the dude from the helicopter, right, with the little bitting gun that he had. Uh, I like that because yeah. I kept saying the whole time, Marcus is on the ground with a fucking <laughs> whatever that gun was. Like, yeah. like I I was literally thinking like Marcus is going to do that, and then when he did it, I was like, it was more relief. Then, yeah. <laughs> then yeah. like, and then at the uh, the end, the the big action scene when he finally puts his his uh, glasses on and he starts like shooting everybody. That was kind of cool. Like, <laughs> and, and then Marcus goes like, "Fuck, this shit is like HD." <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it makes me wonder. Like all those years, he was shooting at blurs. What if he killed a kid or something like that? Oh. <laughs> uh. Anyways, so, yeah, Mike and Marcus are kaput. Mike tries to guilt Marcus into joining him. Marcus calls him on his bullshit. Mm. Marcus is retired. Mike starts doing his own sleuthing. He finds, like, a snitch or something and takes, like, he handcuffs him and starts, like, just beating him with a meat grinder or something. I think that dude was somebody because when he showed up. DJ Khalid or, uh, yeah, he's a a little. Yeah, I know he's, like, a dude. Because yeah. the whole audience gasped, and then I was like, oh, I know that guy. He was in Pop Star, Never Start Popping, Never Stop Stopping. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know anything about him, but I know he's a dude. But, dude, yeah. Mike just, like, like back in the day, he would pretend he's going to shoot you, but wouldn't. Yeah. Or, you know, but, I mean, now he's just, like, just beat, beats you with a fucking meat cleaver or something, man. I will say, in his defense... That was before he actually got shot and died. Like he said, what Marcus no, said, this, he like no, died. This was after died, he got like, shot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you before, before, when when he wasn't 
actually like oh yeah, yeah, yeah maiming people he wasn't shot yet right so now like after he's shot and he's trying to find out who did this yeah uh, he's a little changes more, the man yeah yeah so i get he's I get, a loose yeah. can no 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 loose cannon is is, is what captain yeah. said that's how he described him. yeah he's a loose cannon so so he he gets a name or something like that of like the guy who sold him the bullets or some shit and he takes it to joey pants and he's like Come on, I, now I got actual actionable intel. Can you put me on on the assignment? He he can't work. He can't work the case. He's a victim, so he's impartial. Right. So, right ethics or whatever rules dictate that he can't work the case. But Mike needs to work the case. Mm-hmm. He's like a dog with a bone. So so he gets his information, takes it to Howard. Howard puts him in. He 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 puts him to ammo as a, as consultant, a consultant. As a consultant, yeah. You're not supposed. You're not getting any shit. Not to shoot up a neighborhood, not to do another dead body. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what he said exactly, but there's a nice little office scene like we got in the past movies with with Captain like talking to Mike, and like he's even got the bottle of Pepto. Like he knows, like he's <laughs> like like being in the same situation, like being with Mike puts him like he's where he's so uneasy. He's got to drink Pepto. I mean, uh, I like those scenes. But yeah. the thing is, it's hard to buy those scenes when you when the movie is also trying to sell you that in the, that over the last two decades, they've become like family. Whereas Mike goes oh, yeah. go like they're so close they you know they they hang out together. Mike knows his family and vice versa, things like that, to the point where it's like, why is he treating him like you're the pain in my ass who, who always brings me the bad news and I have to drink this shit and I get out of here and do your job like. If you yell at your employee, there's a distance there. But as soon as we clock out, oh, come to my daughter's soccer game or some shit. Like, we're like family. He, there's even a line where, where he introduces Mike. No, where, where he's talking to Ammo. And he says, Mike Lowry's like a son to me. Like, get this yeah. done. Dude, if they're like family, why the, 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 the annoying cop and the captain who yells, that doesn't work as much anymore, though. That's a good point. If yeah, that's the dynamic that it. these two characters have at this point. Yeah. Which and again. We, which we've never seen before. Even in Bad Boys 2, when they go to his house, it's clear that's the first time they've been there. Yeah. They've never gone to his house before because they don't have that relationship. Well, that was the start of the relationship. Oh, uh, okay. 17 years, right? Sorry. <laughs> so, he introduces Mike as a consultant, and they're like, this is Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry, this is Ammo. You, you're him, you're you. And then, uh, uh, so it's run by Sexy Maxi. So we have our Ammo team. I fucking hate calling them that, but we get Vanessa Hudgens, who I didn't realize was her till like yesterday when I was starting to write some notes. Her thing is that she's hot and I guess like tactically formidable. Like there's a scene in the middle of the movie where like she has to join Mike. On, oh like, a yeah, wave. I got a, I got a way of dis- distinguishing between the members of Ammo, but I'll let you finish introducing them first. Oh thank you, and <laughs> she, she's a good operator. I guess that's about it. Then we have the the tech guy, their Oracle, if you will, uh, played by Alexander uh, Ludwig, who you might remember uh, he played Cato in uh, Hunger Games. He was the District One tribute. Uh, I just know him as a uh, Bjorn Ironside from Vikings. I don't watch Vikings, but I know he's on ah, that. He's yeah. been in a lot of stuff. He was in uh, Lone Survivor. He was he's mostly he's the Race for Witch Mountain with your boy The Rock. He was, a, but he's a. You know what? He might be a District Two tribute, not District One. I just know he was partnered with Clove. 
been a long time since I've read those books. So, but he's like this really like tall, buff, fucking muscular IT guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a story behind that. Yeah. There, well, there. Yeah. There's a scene later where they com- where like Marcus comments on his size and the fact that he just like works at a computer. And a couple of these ammo dicks are like, like he was a bouncer and he saw a guy beating a girl, so he hit him, and the guy died. First off, don't we talk about that man's business to a total stranger? You know. It, Come on, man. Don't don't talk about the man's business. Keep that shit to yourself, man. Secondly, like, is that really a good reason to... to, Like, you you punched a guy hitting on a woman. And he died. Well, dude, good for you. I just feel bad that he died on one shot. He didn't have a chance to really fucking enjoy beating that fucker. But he's all, like... This whole movie, he's, like, emotionally crippled against violence. Dude, we already got that with Marcus. He refuses to do violence. I don't need a second character who refuses to do violence in a fucking action movie. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. This, yeah. give this guy a different arc because literally that is that is his only character characteristic. That's all they gave him for that. I bet you well, don't even know his fucking name. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but but you remember the fact that he won't hurt anybody without some therapy. Yeah, well, that's the, that's why they put it in there. So there you go. Yeah, and so and last. And certainly least, we get <laughs> douche. I don't know this yeah. fucker's name. I just call him the douche. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I From the beat, he's trying. He's literally trying to be a douche yeah. to Mike. Like, for some reason, Sexy Mexi is like, hey, this is Michael Lowry. And, 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 and then Will Smith is like, hey, she called me Michael. My name is Mike. Okay, Mike. Good to know, Mike. I got you, Michael. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're the one. Yeah, I'm the one. There's always a one. There's always a one. Till there ain't one. <laughs> oh, I will man. admit, their animosity, it built up to a good line for Will Smith, where he was calling Grandpa or something like that. And Will Smith's like, dude, just because I fucked your mother doesn't make <laughs> me a grandpa or something like that. And the dude's like, oh, you talking shit? You want to go? As if Will Smith started it. <laughs> yeah. But it was cool to see Will Smith fucking be like, dude, just because I fucked your mother. Like, he rarely <laughs> works that blue. Yeah. It was cool. It was cool to see that. And that was a good line. <laughs> just because I <laughs> fucked your mother. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I was not expecting that, but good. And then they bury the hatchet. Like, nothing. No payoff. There was no payoff. No. To all of that assholeness. The payoff was a fist bump. A fucking fist bump, right? Like, I guess we're both cool, right? Cool. And that was it. So, like, all that asshole shit was for nothing. Yeah. Like, at least have one of them save another's life or something. Give a reason for them to be cool. They just decided to be cool. Yeah, and it was I, that wasn't the best. That did run me the wrong way. I didn't. I didn't care too much for that because uh, he, that guy, he needed a punch in the face. Like <laughs> that, that, he needed a, a big punch in the face. So yeah, how was that guy a cop? Yeah, right. <laughs> how was that guy what an elite cop? <laughs> he didn't do shit. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of equate the the members of Ammo. You have it's Fast and Furious, big, but yeah. Yeah, you got the bouncer guy who's the I, the IT recluse IT guy, and then you have the douchebag, and then you have Vanessa Hudgens who's the all around like she's ethnic straight straight she's hot. Na- all that too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's there's two checks in the box. She's ethnic and hot. Yeah. Well, character wise, it's more like she's straight in the arrow. She's the soldier. She's the one that's. She has a um, character. No, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean that's kind of it. Although I yeah. do like this one point where where Mike 
when he first walks up and the guy's giving him shit and she kind of leans over and she's like, dude, it's fucking Mike Lowry. Yeah. Like, he's got a rep. Yeah. He's fucking 25 years on the streets and he's he better. Down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he better have and I kind of like that they acknowledge, like, dude, like, people know who Mike Lowry is. Like, which also adds to what an asshole he is. Like, this right. guy's a legend in our business and my approach is I'm going to be a dick to him. Makes me hate that fucker and even more. We, and yeah, and we had no re like it was so weird because he's we had no first of all we had no reason for him to be a douche other than he's a he's a dick right that's the only reason there's no I think he just wanted to take down the biggest dog I think yeah like an the, alpha the, thing yeah, right yeah, yeah yeah that's like this 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 is Mike Lowry the Mike Mike this is Mike Lowry you know <laughs> <laughs> why should I respect him cause he's Mike Lowry. <laughs> So, and I think that was why he did it because he just wants to be the biggest fucking cock walking around. Yeah, yeah, I, get, I guess. I mean, that's me giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, there was there was no payoff. There's no punch in the face. There's no nothing. We got a fist bump, and I was just no. <laughs> that was his whole character trait, is that he's part Asian. I don't know how much, but there's something in there. Maybe a little muddle, and he's a dick. Yeah. And and he hangs out at clubs a lot that he knows all the chick bouncers, I guess. I, I guess that's the thing. Cause, yeah. Because remember yeah. Mike, when Mike and Marcus are trying to get in the club to get Vuelo or Zuelo or whatever, and they can't get in, and he just walks up. He's like, honey, this is my uncle and his friend, and let them in or something. And they're like, oh. And then Mike, who's, who can get into the club, and now has an opening to get in the club as a gay person, but he's like, no. Nah. No, I'm not doing it because his pride is getting away in this case. Can you please do some police work for a change, Mike? Please. <laughs> uh, fun fact: that was uh, Martin Lawrence's daughter. That was the uh, that was uh, wasn't letting him in. So which one? Uh, I don't know. One of the, I know there's two chicks. I don't know which one, but one. Of them was the <laughs> I don't remember. Daughter. I don't know why I asked yeah. which one. I don't remember. I remember those two chicks. Yeah. I remember they were both attractive. Good for Martin Lawrence. Was it the one with the big ears? Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so they figure out this dude's Zuelo or, or Zuelo, who's but his birthday is tomorrow. Ooh, let's Google the hottest birthday spots in the city and see if he has a reservation. <laughs> and then fucking uh, Hunger Games like there's three clubs. Ooh, he has a reservation at this club. Seriously, but whatever. So they break <laughs> into this club or, or hack this club or oh no, they get in the gateway and the gateway, haha, <laughs> the gateway. And the dude gets away, and it it becomes this big elaborate chase sequence where they chase him to, like, this part of town where he has friends. Like, I guess he's friends with, like, a motorcycle gang Mm. because they capture the dude, and they're in, like, an SUV with the dude, and then all these dudes on, like, dirt bikes show up, and they're, like, circling his car, and they're shooting at it. And then Ammo shows up and saves the day. There's a shootout. The dude gets away. He's way low. He hops on, like, a motorcycle, and then Mike... Just grabs a random motorcycle to chase him that happens to have a sidecar. That's convenient. Right. The mark is considering it. And he proceeds to chase Zuelo. And then, for some fucking reason, this, <laughs> he's like, shoot these guys because they're getting chased. And the sidecar, like, transforms <laughs> into... <laughs> it has, like, this fucking machine gun, like, this double giant machine gun in a right. motorcycle sidecar. What What... What did I miss? Why did they jump into a, a, a motorcycle that has transformer machine guns in it? What was happening? This is like 
<laughs> it's like spy level shit. Then it like it becomes a machine gun. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just it was it wasn't there one minute. They they kept to it. It's like, hey, Mike, there's a machine gun. Here. Like, did they explain like, oh, he's part of a motorcycle gang that has advanced futuristic motorcycles or something? Like, what was it? Are punks riding around on the streets? Am I going out to work in the morning on the highway with punks who have motorcycles that could turn into gigantic machine guns? Is that a thing I should be worried about? I. Uh, no, but I mean, they give them some. They give them chase, and it's it's a fun enough scene. And there's this whole moment of 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 Mike, Marcus, in the middle of this chase. He's like, Mike, I need to tell you something. I I made a, a promise to God about the violence, and I'm like, oh, oh, rolling my eyes. Like we got to do this, and Mike is like, dude, that fucking machine gun. That is God giving you the machine gun. I gotta admit, that was that was a good, a good line. That yeah. was a good move for Mike to like play it yeah. up. Like, you needed it, and God gave it to you. And Mark is like, I could really use this machine gun right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was funny. Again, Marcus is still funny. And then he starts shooting the machine gun. But, I mean, it's just, where did this come from? This sidecar that has this James Bond level of technology to it. That actually, you know, it's more like triple X level technology. Because this is like douchey technology. James Bond would never soup up a fucking motorcycle. Triple X would. <laughs> this is douchebag technology. <laughs> but yeah, they get to the chase. Mike gets on the helicopter and he's hanging by the rope. And 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 the what's his face? Armando. Armando is about to shoot him, and but before he does, he goes like "Hasta el fuego," and Mike is like. <gasps> And then, and then finally, that's when Martin Lawrence starts shooting that the fucking machine gun that's on his fucking sidecar, <laughs> and at, at the helicopter. And I was like, "Yes, get some!" And my mic drops, and then he realizes hasta el fuego. So he gets the 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 IT kid to like text hasta el fuego to like every contact on the phone, and right, he gets like yeah. a message back. So he's like, "Oh, this is from this is from Armando." And then he fucking breaks down to Marcus. Oh, I fucked a witch one time. <laughs> yeah, and that's like the that uh, that big ass story. And Marcus is like, you fucked a witch. Like, <laughs> that's that's all you took from that. It's sort of like the whole all you heard was titties. Yeah, but now it's like reversed. I thought that was funny. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack on there, but. I- one thing that happened during that the whole chase sequence, well, the the lead up to it, the the the, the start of that chase scene, goes back to something that was a kind of a dynamic between uh, Mike and the ammo team was it was like old school versus new school. Like Mike was like, we need gun, like where's all the guns at? And they're using like rubber bu- rubber pellets and everything, and they're using drones with cameras and shit. Yeah, he's like drones, like what? Yeah. like he doesn't understand this like. What the new kids are doing now? Modern warfare. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. old school. He he's take a meat tenderizer to your witness's hand, right. and that's how you get something. Yeah. These yeah. these fucking new kids will be like, let me tap their wires or do some shit. Yeah. Mike has a more old school direct approach. Yeah. So I just thought cool. that was that was yeah that's a nice little touch to this uh, dynamic between. Sales. I do like the generation gap between them because yeah. I'm an old school and we're getting older. You know, we grew up with Mike Lowry. I, we, I, I do appreciate the whole just fucking beat up the guy until you get some answers. That's more efficient rather than spending fucking drones and video games. Fucking douche 
guy. There's even a scene at the end of the movie where he's got a drone with machine guns, and he's got like like a yeah. big ass stake on his head, and he's flying it around. Like that's 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 not actiony. That's not manly. <laughs> that's not that's not jumping in with with two fist and two guns and shooting people. Right. You know. No, I'm 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 old school. I'm with I'm with Marcus and Mike. <laughs> Do you uh do you think that this is like a generational thing? Like if younger movie moviegoers are seeing this, they're like they're like oh seeing my it, god, seeing yes. it through like the the eyes of the Ambo team, and we're like we're watching it, and we're yes. like side with yes, yeah. unequivocally. This is clearly a I don't know what it is about part threes in action franchises that they get forced to hand the reins to the younger generation. Fucking Expendables three mm-hmm. did it. Fucking Blade. Trinity did it. It's all. It's always like we're handing the reins to the younger kids. Come part threes, you know, because this is clearly it's like a soft reboot, dude. This oh, is yeah. meant, like we yeah. like the ammo team probably would have their own movie. Uh, spoiler alert! But at the very fucking end of the movie, the kid. Oh, we're going there. Okay, we're gonna. <laughs> well, I mean, just because we're talking about it, yeah. I don't really care about spoilers at this point. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, spoiler alert. Um, but like the kid, the kid chooses good over bad, and he goes to jail, and he wants to pay his debts to society. And then Will Smith shows up, and he's like, "Hey, you know, Does- I did a movie a couple years ago. Uh, you want to shave a few years off your sentence by being a part of something like uh, Suicide Squad?" The kid, he basically gives the kid an opportunity for to be Suicide Squad. Right, and now we're gonna get a new movie probably with the kid and with the younger ammo team, yeah. and Will Smith might have a cameo, but it's it, he's handing the reins off. That's why I'm wondering. You say a Bad Boys Four, if there is technically a Bad Boys Four, it won't be like as we know it anymore. It'll be the new kids and 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 Will Smith and maybe Martin Lawrence might cameo in a consultant phase, but that's it. Kind of like um. I don't want to say like Force Awakens, where it's like a new cast with like the old school characters. A little bit, yeah, a little bit, yeah, a little bit like that. Very much like that. You kind of stole my thunder. I was going to do the Suicide Squad bit at the end, but it's okay. Oh, we 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 missed one little part of this, and that was uh, something that happens. The catalyst that gets uh, Marcus back on the violence path and gets Mike more revved up. But uh, Captain Captain Howard, what are you running from? I don't know. Ask the horse. Were you laughing at that joke or were you following him? Were you lost during that whole scene? It took me a second. It took me a second. To... <laughs> but I was I was following along with him, but I was like, where's he going with this? I was and a it... little lost. And yeah. then he says the joke and I'm like, okay, I get the joke. I'm not laughing. I, mean, I get the joke. And then when he punctuates it and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good scene. It was a good scene for Joy Pants. It was a good scene for Captain Howard. It's you know they're at who where were they were they at like his kids like soccer game like, or something like a basketball was a basketball game it was or a soccer it was outside I think yeah, they were bas- at like a soccer game. basketball yeah because they shot they showed shooting the basketball into the into missed the and missed the rim oh so, yeah and then he looks at Mike and he and he tells Mike she was like getting them all in before you showed up <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it, yeah it shows how close he's gotten to his captain captain's given him like this really sage. Miyagi level life wisdom <laughs> and shit, and they're walking to the car. He's like, "Why don't you come over for dinner?" 
He's like, ah, oh, your wife can't cook or something. Oh, I order pizza. Okay, it's all good. And then like half of Joy Pant's throat gets blown away. Yeah, that's it. I actually like I actually like jumped a little bit when it happened because I wasn't expect- it was out of nowhere. Like, um, and so they got me on that one. I'll say, but even my wife uh, gasped a little bit when that happened because uh, he's a. F- I mean, it's Captain. He's a good character, so. Yeah, yeah I didn't sad. like that he died. And yeah. this is also why I hope this will be the last Bad Boys. Because I don't want another Bad Boys without Joey Pants in it. True. It, it served a purpose because the movie had to have that one thing to get them together and to, to finish the case or whatever. But at the same time, I didn't want him to die. So uh, it's kind of bittersweet, I think. Just kind of sucked. But. but it's enough. Like you were saying... It's it, it's what gets Marcus back in the game. Yeah. I, so I guess Marcus cares about the cat more he does about Mike. <laughs> I, that's is that our, is that our takeaway? <laughs> Mike was in danger. Mike's life was in danger. Got shot. He didn't come back. Captain Captain gets shot. Yo, let's finish strong. Bad boys for life. <laughs> well, when when Mike got well when that happened, it was because of Mike getting shot. That's why he's in no more violence. So when Captain getting shot, he brought him back to that. So it's all full circle. Fair enough. So they're not. So they're they're taking off the case at this point. I think, like for some reason, they can't. Pre- Ammo gets shut down at one point. I remember that. Yeah. Sexy Maxi is like they're shutting us down, and everything is done. And then Mike gets that lead. He gets Cato to text. I stopped Fuego, and he, and he gets the text back, and he's like, "Okay, I know where the bad guy is. I know where I'm going with this." And, you know, but, but Ammo was shut down. Uh, Luke, uh, Captain Sinclair walks in like, you know, I, I finally got the authorization to shut you down. As of today, you're all reassigned. No, wait, that was the first one. But Ammo was shut down, but they're like, he goes to Marcus and they decide they're going to storm. They go to Mexico, I think. Is that where the climax takes place? Yeah. So because they didn't get busted for invading Cuba. Uh, and the last one, so they're gonna invade Mexico. <laughs> never this one. Up. <laughs> they invade Mexico, yeah, and then they're there, and then they're like buying guns off like some back alley arms dealers, very boondock saints, you know. Hmm. Uh, Marcus is all, What you need that fucking rope for, nigga? And uh, so and then once they've spent all their hard earned money to buy these illegal weapons, ammo knocks on the door, and they're like, Hey, we got all these fucking Miami police <laughs> weapons, you didn't even need to do that. But okay, <laughs> how much fucking cash did they blow on illegal weapons? So ammo and bad boys are gonna take down this cartel house where the bruja chick has been living this whole time. The whole during the whole movie, we keep occasionally coming back to her, and she's mm-hmm. just she's lighting candles or something like that. She's fucking rubbing eggs on people, doing bruja shit, and. uh did she need to be a witch? Did she need to be a br- like? Was that necessary? Like, did it? She, she had no character, so they needed to come up with something to sort of flesh her out. Uh, Other yeah, than yes. just that, she dated Mike back in the day. That's like the only thing we know about her, and she was married to her cartel dude. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like it seems a bit much. Like it's she's a witch. <laughs> What? <laughs> There's a like in the seat where like Mike takes a plane to Mexico, and Marcus buys a ticket on the same plane and happens to get a seat right behind him. 
and, there, and even and this scene is shot very on michael bay it's just you know one shot of one actor one shot of another it doesn't feel bad boys at all Nah, I mean, other than the fact that it has them two in it, I mean them. But it doesn't. Play- I mean, like I was saying, it's it's shot so fucking static. Just camera is just on a tripod filming. Cut to another angle. Cut to another angle. It's like a TV show. It's Michael Bay never resorts to that. Uh, Say what you will about the man, he doesn't. Well, yeah, but I mean, by the I mean, I knew going into it, this wasn't a Michael Bay movie, so I didn't. Uh, whatever. I mean, in that scene that you're talking about, it. it well, they really needed it. I mean, they're just in seats and they're just kind of talking back and forth. And eh, I don't know. It just it didn't bother me. The uh, I thought the the little play on the on the play on the we ride together, die together. They change it up to the. the he, he's, he's leaning over to Mike. He's sitting behind Mike and he's yeah. over. And he's like, we fl- we fly together, we die together, and everybody's like, what what? what? <laughs> and then he leans back and he, he repeats it. We I realize <laughs> how that can be taken wrong. We apply together, but we that did, yeah. but that was funny because you know that that scene kind of went on a little bit, and Mike was talking about Mark's like, "What you gonna do when you get, when you find your son? I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill." Him. It's like like the way like it was just going on about and this guy next to him, the guy I don't know who that guy was next to, him, but it was kind of funny because he was like overacting it, but he was just kind of like you can see with his eyes like, "What the fuck? What are, they, what are you talking about?" And then and Mark was just like, like that I, "Post, yeah." There's that yeah. one post credit scene. Yeah. Yeah. Where they switch seats and the guy is now sitting next to Marcus and Marcus like leans over to the dude and he goes, "Would you fuck a witch without a condom?" Yes. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. He said he wouldn't, Mike. <laughs> I only know that because the, the chick who's a total stranger was sitting to my right, but when that happened, she leaned over. She goes, what did he say? And I was like, "Fuck, I have to, I have to say, uh, fuck a witch." To a total stranger, but I leaned over and I said in full Marcus, I was like, would you fuck a witch without a con? And I said that to her. I repeated the scene to her. And she laughed and then she like leaned over to her friend and her friend was laughing like, did you hear that? She's like, yeah. Like, neither of them heard it. So I got to reenact it like five seconds later. That was kind of fun. <laughs> if only they knew I've been acting out Marcus Burnett for a quarter of a century. <laughs> and they would say, "Damn, you're old." Like they, yeah, they no, they couldn't have asked a better person sitting next to them right, to say, yeah. "Can you tell me what that line that Martin Lawrence and Bad Boys just said?" <laughs> I was, it happened so fast, I didn't have a chance to be like, "Oh my god, I've been preparing for this for more than half my life." <laughs> I'm going to reenact Bad Boys as you're clapping your hands. <laughs> yeah, and she's all like, "Yeah, Hercules." Um, so so they 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 take the house. And and uh, Will well first Will Smith Will Smith has a conversation with Sexy Maxie, and he's like, does he, does he the kid does he know who I am? And she goes, of course he she knows exactly who you are. And I really thought like the kid knew he was hunting his dad this whole time. Mm. I actually thought that for a minute. That would make him badass. That would make him like totally gnarly. That like he's been raised his whole life. To hate his father and want to take him down, not unlike uh Mordred. So I thought that was kind of cool. And when the mother, wife, mother, girlfriend, chick confirmed it, I was like, yeah. And then when he's fighting the kid and he's like, I'm your father, and the kid's like, that's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> I was like, wait, did you did he really not know it this whole time? Has he been just blindly following his mother's orders like kill this man okay 
I'm not gonna look it up and realize his biggest drug bust was taking down a cartel dude who happens to be my dad by fucking the cartel dude's wife who happens to be my mom. <laughs> you know, nine months before I happen to be born. <laughs> like, how did the kid never even put it together? Uh, I don't know. He's too busy following her orders, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. It's uh, I don't think it really matters. <laughs> the point yeah. is, the point is, yeah, he didn't know. And you can't blame him. I didn't see the resemblance at all whatsoever. Uh, do you think that you think that actor is actually half black? No, I don't. You don't think he's at least a quarter black? Do you think he's an octoroon? Because Will Smith looks like he could pass for like half black. He's he's like the wise black dude I know. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a, a part of this like after after Mike tells Marcus about everything. About the sun and all that stuff. And then they have that fight on the outside, or on the second story of that apartment or whatever that was. The hotel. Where was that? A hotel? When they, he comes crashing out of the window and they're fighting on top of that thing. And like he's kicking Mike's ass pretty much. But he's still got the, he's got the motorcycle. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're talking about how good of a, like later on they're saying, yeah, he kicked his ass, whatever. But he says, uh, how good of a fighter. Like he's just as good as you are, but, but without the love or, or whatever, like that's, that's, that's who you are. I was like, this is just like Gemini Man, because the younger him is, like, just trained to fight, right? So he's just as good as he is, but better because he's... Because there's, like, no humanity to yeah, him. He's yeah, just yeah. a machine just yeah. trained to kill. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, yeah, it's very similar to, <laughs> to what, I just, what I just saw Gemini Man. Um, but yeah, I thought it was kind of weird. It's like, oh, now all of a sudden this is why he can fight so good, because he's Michael Lowry's kid. Like, Yeah, what was this kid... Okay, apparently she gave birth, like, in prison, because Mike... Never even knew about this kid. So what has this kid's life been until he decided to break his mom out of prison over 25 years ago? Because this is before Bad Boys 1, which is my favorite. So so this kid's like 26 years old. He's probably never hung out with his mom. She's been in prison his whole life. What what turned him into this machine? Oh, oh, we're going to explore that in his new movie, the reboot prequel (laughs) called... Mordred, colon, Mike Lowry's bastard. <laughs> Coming to theaters this fall. Of 2034. Yeah. <laughs> no, he'll be way too old. So, what, one last thing I, I just... One issue I have with the whole he's a he's his kid issue was he damn near killed Mike. He killed the captain. He killed all those other people. But because he's, he's his son he gets a pass. Like, I know he says you're going to have to do some time or whatever for that shit you did. You know, you messed up. And so, and then we see him in that cage after the, the post credit scene or the mid credit scene. But it, it felt like he just, it felt like he, for like, he forgave him. Like he forgave him for killing the captain and all this other shit. You know, it just, yeah. I, I, because he's his son. Yeah. But at least Mike has a bullshit excuse for that. But the kid, he's been a murderer his whole life. Why does he all of a sudden have a conscience? Okay, I'll go to jail and do my time. What? What? Why would he all of a sudden just agree to do that? Well, did he do that, or did he just get arrested? He did. Well, once he found out he was his, he was Mike's son, and he he refused to kill him. And then the mother shows up. And he's like, "Is it true? Is he my father?" And she's like, "See." And then she tries to shoot Mike, but she's she's the fucking worst name in the world, and ends up fucking putting one in her kid's shoulder. And then sec, and then. Uh, other sexy Mexi shows up uh, and then shoots her. 
she falls in the fire and dies. Where did she come like, from? He's like from like the flames. They're, She's like right. a phoenix. Because <laughs> they're on the second story, and they've already established that the helicopter crashed in. And oh my like, god! Fucking the helicopter! <laughs> You're right. This is like this very long cylindrical building, right? Yeah. And there's and there's this helicopter that falls all the way down and crashes, and it takes out like the first two floors that have explosions. It's like right. diehard. There are people on here covered in glass, but like it cuts right away. To the whole ammo team walking conveniently through f- fire. Like, oh, there's a bar over there that's on fire. There's a chair five feet away that's on there. fire. But, it, like, clearly there's no fire. and They're, they're in no danger. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It, it, was it a- looks like a set that was conveniently set on fire. But I just didn't get because at first there it was just Mike, his kid, and the, and the Bruja. And they were on the second story. They've established that everything below them were on fire. Where did... Uh, Tits McGee come from? Where did she come from to shoot the, the Bruja chick? She just oh. jammed her fingers into the wall, Wonder Woman style, and just climbed it from the outside. <laughs> just, poof, poof, poof. I've and, got to get to Mike. Sexy Mike. And then, oh, and then how did they get out? That means daddy, right? Yeah. yeah. And then they, how did they get out? Because they, they see him walking out to the front on the bottom. Yeah, the hotel's on fire. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like, it was very confusing me, like, trying to make logic out of what was where everything was at in the in the setting, it, it, it took me out a couple times. In doing that scene. It probably just cut to a scene of them conveniently, like like Mike's holding his kid over his shoulder. The guy's got sh- shot in the chest, but he's walking fine. He, he's strong enough because Mike's like holding, like Marcus falls, and Mike's holding him, and yeah. he's slipping, and Marcus is about to fall into the pit of flame, Mufasa style. And then he's like, I'm, he's like, Mike, don't let me go. And he's about to lose him, and then the kid shows up and, and helps. Right, pull Marcus up. So that's his redemption. He's a good guy now. Yeah, I don't yeah. buy it either. I fucking hate it. Yes. I hate that good. I hate that. I don't hate it, but I mean, it's a thing now to take a bad guy that you like because mm-hmm. he's because bad guys are fun. They're charismatic and they have good lines and they're awesome. And turn like don't kill him and waste him. Right, recycle him and make him a good guy. One of the best examples of this, and I've compared this movie to, to fucking Fast and the Furious several times, is Jason Statham in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Mm-hmm. He started out as a straight up villain. He fucking killed Han. He right. tried to kill everything like that. And we get a couple movies to the point now where there's a reboot where he's the fucking hero. Yeah, recycle your villains because everybody loves a villain. We love villains. We love anti-heroes like that. If they start a franchise with this kid, we've seen his badass pass, and now he's, like, killing other bad guys, and, you know, like, you're not following the book. It's because I'm a badass, you know? No, I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> I'm a bad little boy. My yeah. father was the bad boy. There was uh, one cool part in that whole final sequence where uh, the, the bouncer IT guy uh, he's like, you're gonna have to do some shit. Like Michael's telling him, you're gonna have to do some shit if you want to get out of here. Like he says, I know. And then I'm gonna hate as my long life. as you pay for my therapy bills. Yeah, that was a bad line. I'm sorry, that was a terrible. That line. was the but, worst. But after that, I thought it was a joke when he said that. But Mike yeah. is like, don't worry, I will. All serious. I'm like, wait, he's serious. But you're the, gonna you're gonna go to therapy after this. Yeah. But the some of the stuff he's doing after, I, I wish we kind of saw more of it. But like he just like went like total. Like, he kicked eight. all the ass. Yeah. But I mean, but you knew that was coming as soon as you see a dude 
fucking that built yeah, you're, who doesn't you're like violence. Yeah. You knew there was going to be a scene where he lets loose and he kicks a bunch of ass. And, and we got it. Yeah. And, and there's like that pillar and he just fucking like <laughs> a fucking <laughs> linebacker or something. Just like, rah! Is that what linebackers do? I don't know. My nerdy do, ass do, is going to compare him to Colossus, but whatever. Do they tackle or do they defend? I don't know. No, Colossus. No. What did Colossus do? Uh, he smashes stuff, right? Yeah. No, Hulk. Hulk smash. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all I wanted to say about that part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he takes out that pillar. He's like, it's good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pride of the X-Men reference. Deepest yeah. of pulls. Okay. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, man... This was a movie I wanted 10 years ago. I didn't want it anymore. You're uh, over it? Yeah. You know, it's like, like, ooh, would you like some dessert in the middle of your meal? And you're like, you know what? Maybe later I'm still eating. But I've digested these two movies. And I've had, like, nearly, nearly two decades to digest it. And I'm done. I don't need this at, at the end of the meal. Uh, uh, fair enough. It was, it was a little too little too late for me. Yeah. And it didn't feel at all like a... It, had it been done well, I'd have said, fuck it. It was worth it. It was just... Like I said in the beginning, it didn't feel like a Bad Boys movie to me. It felt like it was trying to be so many other things today. Mm-hmm. It was trying to be... Bad Boys was its own thing. You know? it, it In the 1995, yeah, we had had buddy cop movies, but this was like a different... had a different style you know they were they were black we had how many black buddy cop movies have we had at that point with both of them being black uh yeah maybe not a lot. it might have been the first one for all i know yeah, i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to shit on the shoes of any unsung heroes that i'm forgetting but yeah so we get two black ones you know and that was a different vibe put them you know put them in miami let's get comedian okay we had we had beverly Hills cop so it's not like it's the first time we ever got a black comedian right but uh it was it was somewhat refreshing in 1995. It was its own thing, and this one is just trying to be every other thing that's already out there. Yeah, I I kind of agree, but I kind of well. Here's the thing. Speak I, on it, son. Say you want to say you disagree. Disagree. I still I still enjoy. Well, I enjoy the movie, and I I did I did feel like it felt like a bad boys movie. It didn't feel like it was trying to be anything else. Now, as far as it being trying to Dude, modernize, for, like. A, a giant act in the middle of the entire fucking movie. Will Smith and Michael share no screen time for like more than half an hour. How is that a bad boys movie? Uh, Marcus is gone for like a whole act of the film. While, while Mike is with ammo trying to, to trying to prove to these young dogs that an old one, that old dog can still learn new tricks. But it serves a purpose on that because like you were saying, we get the, you see like Mike putting on his jacket and Marcus is putting on his robe and they're, they're showing the two you know they're going their own separate ways, but they come back. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it serves a, it serves a purpose. So I, that didn't part that part didn't bother me. I don't uh, think a bad boys movie should have them go in their separate ways. It's a buddy cop movie. I don't want the buddies to not hang out for like better part of an hour. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that long. Come on now, get out of here. It felt like it, dude. <laughs> it felt like a slog when, without them. You know what? It felt like a slog whenever Martin Lawrence was wasn't on screen. He was the only saving grace in this for me. The action. You know, Michael Bay shoots good action. Whoever shot this, it was static and uninspired. It looks just regular action. Yeah, there wasn't uh, much setting it apart from being in just like a generic action yeah. flick. Uh, but, but but the chemistry between those two actors 
is something you can't just duplicate in any random buddy cop movie. Right. And you took that away from me for a good half so you can introduce these young Thundercats. Yeah. And as far as it making, you know, bringing it to more modern stuff, you got to have to if you're if you're rebooting the franchise for for all intents and purposes, but yeah, this uh, is a reboot. It's yeah. a it's a backdoor pilot. You for, think so? E- yeah. for, for either the, for either the ammo kids or for the uh, the the assassin kid, the the Armando. Yeah. And you know what? Will Smith, who's gonna give him a job, he's probably gonna hook him up with the ammo kids. Yeah. So it'll be him and them, and they'll get in a movie, and Mike will come in in the beginning, and the, he'll be like the Bosley, and these are Mike's angels. I can see. Well, I can see that happening. Now, if if they are truly going to a route where it's gonna be a true sequel and it will still have Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. I don't want, I I can't, I can't wait another 10, 15 years. I need a sequel like two years from now. Right. Just first of all, they can't wait that long, but, uh, uh, I just, if you're going to don't, don't tease me with more of these movies and then not give me more of these movies. Right. Um, you wasted 17 years of everybody's time and lives of, of, (laughs) Of not yeah. making these movies, and now all of a sudden, we're gonna try to pretend like they haven't aged, and can still do these for years on. You know, so Bad Boys Four is gonna be the baby Marcus Junior. partnered up with a digitally de-aged Will Smith. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That'll be Bad Boys. Oh 4. God, it's gonna be that. It's gonna be the Will Smith from Gemini Man, the little de-aged. Yeah, <laughs> teamed up, teamed up with the baby Marcus, and they're not even gonna wait for him to get old. They're just gonna cast a baby Will yeah. Smith. And a baby <laughs> are bad boys. I, to be honest, I was not expecting the mid credit scene setting up whatever they're going to set up. I was because throughout this whole movie, I, you know, I said earlier, you know, there's a lot of callbacks and it felt like a best of movie. And, it felt like a different movie. Yeah. And I was like, I'm OK with this because this is a nice they're, they're going to tie the bow on this franchise and that's going to be it. And we, we came back one last time, you know, to, you know, to see, see all these characters again. I would be okay if this is the last one, to be honest. <laughs> I was okay with the last one being the last one. But yeah, like I wish this one didn't exist because it. I, I feel it tarnished it. Oh, I no. I, I, don't didn't, think... I didn't want to see them this old creeping along. I didn't. Like I said, it became Lethal Weapon. Like, I'm too old for this shit. I didn't need bad boys to become I'm too old for this shit. I can see where you're coming from that. I, uh... The first movie yeah. was about... The youth and vitality. They're in Miami. It's a party city, and these yeah. are these are two young up and coming actors. You know, yeah. I was fifteen at the time. It was all about the youth and vibrancy of it. Now I'm old. I don't need to be reminded the shit that I loved as a kid is now also old as fuck too. <laughs> you know, this movie it, it it bummed me out. <laughs> it bummed you out. Wow. Okay. Uh, no, I, I didn't get that at all. Um, like I said, I enjoyed for what it was. I enjoyed it. There was so many nice callbacks to what made what what I liked about the franchise just in general. So, yeah, I'm gonna give it uh, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. How many stars out of ten stars? Okay, wait. Rate one, two, one, two, and three in ten stars. Oh God. Uh. Okay. One. Oh, that's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yeah. Probably not for you. Uh, Bad Boys one. I give it. Uh, Shit, nine stars, ten stars. I don't know. Uh, Bad Boys okay. Two. I give it uh, f- 
five, five or six stars. And uh, this one, I'll probably give it eh, six or seven stars. Seven stars. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Me? <laughs> I I guess if I had to rank one, two, and three out of ten stars apiece, I'd give part one a nine. It's not perfect, but yeah, it's solid. It's a nine. Part two, I think I would give like a seven. And this one I would give like a four. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just it's a steady decline, it's consistent if nothing else. But yeah, hmm. all right. And maybe it's because I built this franchise in my mind on the the youth and vibrancy and vitality and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And to see that wither away over the course of twenty five fucking years, quarter of a century, it's like, man. It, yeah, it's like this third one literally had nothing about what I identified with. Like, that's why I wanted to tell that whole story, because I was a young man, dude. I was I was fashioning my clothes around these characters. They yeah. were teaching me what it meant to be cool, yeah. how to talk to ladies, how to all that kind of stuff, you know? That's what it meant to me. And now I'm now I'm old and, and pathetic and, and I'm like, now they're old. <laughs> Not as pathetic, but yeah. Okay. I mean I can see where you're coming from. I respect that. So yeah. Wow. Okay. It's interesting that we kinda verge off from what we liked about the first movie that it kind of segues out there but so yeah. um, this this okay so this one uh imdb has it at 7.4 uh rating that's like the best rating yet yeah uh rotten tomatoes oh. well it gets better it gets better here <laughs> and i just said it was the worst uh, i do not connect with people uh rotten tomatoes the critics have it 77 percent audience score 97 percent it's the highest rated out of all three of these uh, man I cannot connect with people. <laughs> uh, no wonder I have no friends. But it's okay. interesting. I mean, it's interesting that that's that's kind of how we're at right now. Um, also, as far as but we just said how like Michael Bay appeals to the broadest audience, yet the one without Michael Bay has the most audience appeal. Yeah. Now, as far as money wise, uh, production budget ninety million dollars. That's Open- it. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, Opening week, nothing. Opening weekend, it uh, had sixty-two point one million. So That's far, not bad. as of I think I, I think up it is earlier today or is yes yesterday today for January. Yeah. Um, U.S. gross so far is eighty-three point one million. International gross is thirty-nine million, and worldwide so far we're up to one hundred twenty-two point one million. So. Hasn't I mean it hasn't doubled its its production budget yet, but it's it's past the production budget, so it's making a little bit of profit right now. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but it's been out for a week, and a lot of these movies will have sometimes like a fifty percent drop, sixty percent drop. Yeah, but the good thing about coming in, in on January is there's not that many big movies that come out until like the summertime, so this could still linger for a while in the theaters, uh, and still keep earning its gross. So. Could be, bad boys for life. Do it. So, do you think a, a fourth one's in the works? Uh, yes, they've actually. Yeah, but I mean, it's all based on how well this one does, and it's doing okay, but it's not gangbusters. Yeah. Do you think? So far, I mean, how many movies did we see growing up where they set up a sequel at the end of the movie, and then it makes no money, and then no sequel ever comes up? Fucking, you know, Skeletor said, "I'll be back." He was never back. <laughs> he was never back because he didn't make the money. So just because they set it up doesn't mean it's a right. sure thing. 
Uh, right now, the only thing that we know is part four is apparently in the works with Michael Bay set to produce it, but not direct it. So, if Michael Bay came back, I can't believe him, but I, I'd be more interested if Michael Bay came back. Is he like he, is he, he like the missing piece of this this movie for you? Maybe. Well, only because I mean, you know, the first two movies we could say it's all about Michael Bay and Will Smith. I mean, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. But the thing is, Michael Bay. His signature style is a big part of those movies, and it is a big part of why I like them because it's got a certain, it's got a style to it. And the third one didn't have any, no, there was not it, that that flair, that style, that that thing, hmm. that je ne sais quoi that Michael Bay brings to a movie. And there's a reason this guy makes two hundred, three hundred million dollar movies to make a billion dollars. You know, he's good at what he does. For better or worse, <laughs> yeah, 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 and he's good at what he does. He's a, he's a master of his craft. What he what he pursues, he's great. He's the best. He's the fucking Michael Bay of oh. being Michael Bay. <laughs> and when you take that away from a franchise that you've been familiar with for a quarter of a century, I've known these movies through that specific Michael Bay lens. And then when you show me it from a whole new point of view, it feels wrong it feels like a shirt that doesn't fit you know like you washed it like this is my favorite shirt i wore it all the time why does it feel uncomfortable now it's because i'm not seeing it through that eye that michael bay brings to it yeah i can understand that my my counter that the way the way i kind of rationalized it was i knew ahead of time that okay michael bay is not directing this movie it's going to be different and i and i kind of put that in the back of my mind okay this ain't gonna be michael bay flick but uh, interesting enough, uh, he was actually in the movie. He made a cameo. He was the MC at the the wedding. Um, he actually directed that scene. So, do you think he was supposed to be the same guy? Like I met Mike and Marcus when they hijacked my car <laughs> seventeen years ago. Because he was in part two. Also, yeah. he had a cameo. So, yeah. do you think he's the same guy? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, Dan Marino was driving a car too, or I was driving a piece of shit at the time. Hmm. But he yeah. sometimes he sometimes will put himself in a little blink and you'll miss him cameo. Yeah. That whole scene I was talking about in Armageddon where like a guy's handing a folder to an NASA dude. There's a scene in Armageddon where Michael Bay just plays a NASA dude who takes a folder. You know, yeah. he likes to give himself a little cameo. Uh, Megatron picked up his minivan that he was driving. And he... Oh, for real? Yeah, I never knew he had a cameo. I must have missed that one. I think it was in the first one, but yeah, he's like in a minivan. He like Megatron picks it up and like. Oh, yeah. he has a whole speaking line in Mystery Man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. With Casanova Frankenstein is going over all the gangs and he what are they called the sorority boy not the, the, the fraternity boys the, there's like a whole group of frat boys. Yeah. And he's like the leader of them. He even says, "Can we bring the brewskis?" like he gets a line in Mystery Man. Hmm. You can of course bring the brewskis. Yeah. <laughs> fucking gr- Jeffrey Rush and Mystery Man is so fucking fun. Casanova Frankenstein. Yeah. What are we talking about? Mystery Men. Yeah. Yeah, good movie. All right. Well, I think that's going to uh, wrap this one up. Uh, we're both obviously big fans of uh, Bad Boys, uh, the franchise. Uh, well, the first, first couple movies. <laughs> um, I enjoyed... Yeah, I was going to say, like... Uh, <laughs> well, I, I know this... Slow your roll, Chief. This put a, this put a tarnish for you on the, on the We're franchise. both big fans of Bad Boys. Yeah. The movie. <laughs> uh, and that's safe to say. 
Yeah. Part two, we diverged a little bit. Part three, apparently we've diverged a lot as we've gotten older, which is kind of fun. Like, yeah. We both started out as kids in the same point, and we've completely branched yeah. out. Yeah. But it's still fun. I mean, I, we'll, you put these two characters together, we're going to watch the movie. We enjoy these characters. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Going back, if we're going to... What we were saying earlier, if we want to see another movie or not, I'd be okay with this fran- if this franchise ended right now. But I could under- I could see from a marketing standpoint if they wanted to make another one. But I think when you when you name this one for life, I think that's a good stopping point for the franchise. Like you have you could I can see it's it's like marketing for like DVDs and stuff right now, like Bad Boys for Life, the pack, you know, and it has all three of them on there. Yeah. Would you have rather they just called it Bad Boys Three? The way Bad Boys Two was Bad Boys Two? I'd I'd be okay with Bad Boys Three. Yeah, one two three. Yeah, yeah. Bad Boys. One, huh, 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 huh. Oh damn! I'm out. I'm out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Part one is really quotable. You quoted that movie throughout this whole this whole episode talking about the other yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. There's so much love for Bad Boys One, man. And that's why that's that's why that's my favorite out of the three. That's why I think it's your favorite of the three. Like I said, it's a very quotable movie. Uh, so. Uh, that always helps. It's just memorable. So yeah, Michael Bay wasn't Michael Bay yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So even and, The Rock, he wasn't Michael Bay yet. I love the fucking Rock. His next one. Yeah. Maybe we'll Michael t- Bay start. Michael Bay started strong. If we ever do talk about Michael Bay, man, we got to give credit for credit. He started strong, man. Oh Bad yeah. Boys, fucking Rock, fucking Armageddon, dude. Those are. I love those three fucking movies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're getting off track with. <laughs> going about that so yeah we're gonna go on uh call us when a call us when a show here so hope you guys enjoyed uh hearing us talk about bad boys uh tell us uh what you think of the franchise what's your favorite ones and do you agree or disagree with us and uh we'll see if you're right or wrong so uh did you ever fantasize about tay leone when you're by yourself and you're th- <laughs> Wrap this episode up, please. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to do it. So uh, until next time, always remember to pop your culture. Later. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? When you were eight and you had bad traits, you go to school and learn the golden rule. So why are you acting like a bloody fool? If you get hot, then you must get cool. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? You chuck it on this one, you chuck it on your mother and you chuck it on your father. You chuck it on your brother and you chuck it on your sister. You chuck it on that one and you chuck it on me. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? gonna do when they come for you nobody now give you no break police now give you no break that old soldier
They joked about it, and I should have mentioned that show. They joked about where he had to, like, Marcus give him shit about you You dying, you go tea. Like, what? I recognize it with chocolate cocoa bean or whatever it is, and then when he's in the coma, then Marcus is, like, dying his goatee for him. That was a nice scene. That was was a good scene. That was cute. That was cute. And it it, it lends at the end, or later in the movie, when he's like, I fucking wiped drool. I fucking dyed your fucking goatee. Don't disrespect me like this in my house, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Marcus has always been there for him and everything. And for Mike to be like, oh, this is how you're going to do me? Mm. You're not going to have my back? And I love how Marcus like, don't, don't even, don't try that. Don't act like I haven't been here for you <laughs> this whole time. I did like Marcus putting him in his place. Yeah. And Mike had to be like, okay, he had to back up. I'm sorry. And that was the one thing that was missing from Bad Boys 2 for me. It was just like, Mike was just like coming down on Marcus and he was just kind of taking it like he was, I don't know. There was such that the chemistry was so bad in bad boys too for me. Ugh, I just, that's what throws it off for me. There was no moment in bad boys two where Mike was humble. Yeah. And he had to be like, I'm sorry I do this. And you know, you're, you know, you mean everything, you know, you're my boy, you know, there was, yeah, there was no moment like that. Even at the end when he's like, I'm going to give you permission to take my sister. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to take your sister anyways. It's like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we didn't even touch about that. Like in, in, in Bad Boys for Life, he, he they talked about off, you know, that he dumped her. that one time you you dumped my sister yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But she went off and she she hooked up with Jessica Alba and she had a show that lasted like five minutes, right? We never even really talked about yeah. that show. Did you ever see it? No, I can't find it. It's on some weird channel I never heard of. <laughs> what was it called though? LA's finest. What was it called? That's right. Should they have just called it Bad Girls, or would that have been too, like... On the nose, yeah. 
or to you know gender appropriation or something somebody would complain like oh it's it's girls why aren't they women or well, <laughs> should they call it bad well because it's because it's boys yeah bad boys it's not called bad men yeah yeah <laughs> that's a show on amc with john ham that's another uh good call like whenever marcus is talking about we gotta stop being bad boys and start being good men. He's like, who good the hell's man, gonna yeah. sing that song? <laughs> good man, good man. I got yeah, that was funny. <laughs> good man, good. Who's gonna sing that? Like that is so beyond the point, but that was kind of funny. Uh, oh, that's when they go to that accountant's house, and he and Marcus is in the trailer. He's like, I'm gonna talk him down. He's like, what are you doing? I'm trying to speak to his soul, I'm penetrate his soul. Yeah. Penetrate. So that felt so weird and out of place and random. Like I get Marcus is retired, but he's not born again. Yeah. But then yeah. at the end, when he's trying to talk to his son, he's like, "I'm trying to talk to his soul." It was like, "Oh, all that bullshit was just for the sake of a callback later." Yeah. And I think that was more, you know, obviously for comedic purposes. Where I'm going to penetrate. It's a funny. I mean, it's a. You can see where it could be a, uh, like a funny line to say, I'm going to penetrate his soul. So, like, Mike could say, you're going to penetrate his what? Yes. You know, and and so the, the coked out accountant can just beat his ass while he's trying to talk talk to him or something. I don't know. Yeah. is That part was just kind of forced, but anyway. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. 